Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 128 As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review also check us out on youtube spotify google play you can hit us up on facebook at the dojo talk podcast facebook page as well as the dojo talk podcast instagram page send questions to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com and you can follow me on twitter and on twitch where i play video games and try and die as i did with sekiro yesterday um at serial sensei and of course, as always, I'm joined with my co-host Antaku. What's going on, man? <sighs> Nothing much, man. How you doing? How Sekiro, or how you pronounce it? It's um. Imagine you play Dark Souls. Uh, I've seen Dark Souls. It's like a mix of like Dark Souls. Um, I don't know if any of you guys remember like Tenchu from back in the day. Nah. Uh, Tenchu Stealth Assassins was on PS1. Um, or, or, or just simplify it. Just think of it kind of like Dark Souls, but with, you know, swords. Um, and and kind of like the whole ninja samurai setting. Um, I, I played for two hours yesterday. I died like 99 times, and 98 of those deaths were from the same person. <laughs> I got into like the first... I don't even know if you really call it a boss fight, but like the first like big fight fight i guess and i got worked over um, is the boss where like it, he takes like 90 percent of your health because i saw this on twitter somewhere with like one hit and somebody's like it took me forever to beat him and then like i guess they realized it was like a two-stage fight yeah <laughs> so quick tip for anybody uh well i guess it's a well, it's not really a spoiler quick quick tip to beat that first uh it's the soldier you fight after the uh, the gate, and when you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, he has he he has two. It takes two fatal blows to kill him, and after the first fatal blow, he gets his entire health bar back. Um, but quick tip: if you want to get rid of his first health bar really quick, don't just run head up and fight him. Sneak around, jump on the top of the rooftops. You can do a stealth kill to get the first fatal blow. It'll make your life a whole lot easier. And then y'all get into the real fight. And then he'll probably whip you for an hour, but you'll you'll get there. But no, nah, it's fun though. It's it's fun. I bought it. I finally got a chance to play it and it's it's, it's been pretty awesome. Um Yeah, that's video game spiel. Go go play Sekiro, it's pretty dope. Um have you done a March Madness bracket? Or, or did you do no. it? No. You did a good job. You shouldn't you shouldn't have. I'm I'm wishing I didn't. Um March Madness has been, like, just as stressful as fantasy football because I can't, like, well, back back when I, I retired from fantasy football. I won championship last year, and then I quit. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I, now I just watch games, and I'm, 
I'm watching them and I'm enjoying them, but I'm stressed out at the same time. And I'm stressing out over schools I don't even care about. Uh, but no, it's been fun, though. It's been a fun tournament. John Morant is, is awesome, even though he's uh, out. Yeah, Florida State got him out of here. Um, I, I guess quick shout-outs <laughs> to, the, to, to the home squad. Uh, Towson University um, on the women's side uh, got into March Madness for the first time. Um, unfortunately, the first match was against Connecticut. Uh, UConn got them out of there, um, and it was yeah. not pretty. Uh, you know what I feel really bad for? And maybe I shouldn't, but um, was it Abilene and Christian? Ooh, yeah, who, who's, who they play on the men's side? Uh, I can't remember. I think they got spanked, too. Yeah, but like both, like the women's team had, like scored 35 points against, like I think it was Baylor. Who was the who's a number one seed? Um, but yeah, no, they got spanked, like on both sides. <laughs> yeah, they scored. Yeah, they lost ninety five to thirty eight. Oh man! Like I don't know if this is like their first time in, and like you know, this, it was there was a moral victory. Or if they're, like, one of those teams that just constantly gets in at, like, the 16 seed or whatever. But, yeah, no, it was not a fun night for them. Yeah, that is a, that's a quad bus ride home, boy. You, <laughs> you lose by that much. I mean, they they got to go to wherever the hell they were hosting this game. I don't really... I mean, maybe they got, like, the week off from school or something. I mean, it probably is a good experience. Like, my, um, my stepbrother played D1 um, football. Um, so like I I know like during like their bowl games like bowl season which I guess is somewhat comparable to March Madness kind of sort of maybe not really but you know it's a fun experience you probably get to go to a place you've never been before um, you know you probably meet a lot of cool people cameras out there it's it's probably a good time but yeah that final score though <laughs> that's that's vicious. But no, I'm, I'm happy, man. March Madness is awesome. This is one of my favorite times of the year. Um, just, just it's just a really fun tournament to watch, regardless if you're really a fan or not. Cause you know it's it's that one shot, one kill elimination. You know, there's no there's no best of seven, no best of five. You play, you win, you lose. This, you know, bye bye. So, um, no, nah, man. But yeah, March Madness has been been awesome. So, you know. Shout out to everybody in, in March Madness making the making the weekends fun. I've been just coming home from work and just watching games of random teams I don't even care about, but it's it's, it's been pretty good. Um, but um, as for the show, before we get started, always got a shout out to the uh, listeners. Uh, so everybody on Tumblr and Twitter and wherever you are when you listen, post and repost. We always appreciate you. Top cities of the week. Uh, number one, somehow Dubai got up here. Shout out to Dubai. <laughs> um, number two, Highland, California. Number three, we got a return. Uh, I'm probably butchering this city name, but Fakos, Egypt. F-A-K-O-U-S. I don't know how that's pronounced, but shout out to you guys. Number four, uh, London over in the UK. And number five, I've never seen this entry ever. Uh, Lusaka, Zambia. So shout outs to Zambia. And right behind oh, them was. Uh, we're in yeah. Africa. Yeah, we're making it. Ooh, that, actually, Usman wins and we tap a new market. <laughs> I'm going to give him that credit. 
<laughs> right back. Right. Nigeria doesn't care, but Zambia. There you go. Some somebody's got to care. <laughs> and right behind them is uh, Seattle, Washington. So yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate the listeners. Um, as always, man. Post, repost. You know the brand. None, none of this grows. You know we don't get more listens without you guys. So we, we definitely need the repost. And you know, as always, man. Send questions. Any questions you got, send them to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com or comment in the comment section wherever you're listening. Leave a question and we will answer. So, um, as for today's show, um, we'll talk like a little bit of Bellator, a little, little bit of. There, there were a lot of cards that went down this weekend. Um, I didn't get a chance to really watch a lot of them, and I think both you and I both forgot that there was a Bellator card until like the last minute. I didn't know until somebody tweeted out. The Tokov Harris fight. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll skim over some of these other cards. I got Bellator on the docket, uh LFA, KSW. Uh and we'll we'll dig into Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia because that that happened like while literally while we were recording last time, but there won't be much a ton to break down in that fight because it was we'll we'll get to it. But um and then, you know, of course we'll talk Wonder Boy, um, Pettis. Um, but as always, got to start off with the news and notes for the week. Um, not too heavy on matchup wise, but there are definitely some stories uh, that we'll have to dig into a little bit. So I'll just save those for last. But as far as matchups, um, I guess one of the biggest ones, uh, Luke Rockhold finally going up to 205. Um, probably about three years too late, but whatever. <laughs> Rockhold going up to 205 um, at UFC 239. He'll be facing off against Jan Blachowicz. Um, another big fight that got announced, uh, Kevin Lee is moving up to welterweight. Um, he will be fighting Rafael, oh, Rafael Dos Anjos. That'll be at UFC Rochester. Um, at UFC 238, we'll have Tai Tui versus Bogoy Avanov. Um, at the UFC Philly card, um, unfortunately, Alexa Grasso. Had to drop out of that fight. She's being replaced with Jessica Aguilar. So that'll be Jessica Aguilar versus Marina Rodriguez. And also on that same card, we'll have Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Ian Heinish. Um, at UFC 236, we'll have Alan Joban versus Dwight Grant. And at UFC St. Petersburg, we'll have Islam Makachev versus Armin Sarukian, if I'm saying that correct. Um, there were a couple of other UFC fights, but none of them were like, really crazy announcement so to be honest i just kind of skipped some of them um, i'm not gonna lie you just been saying names at me for like a minute and i'm just i'm zoned the fuck out I'm sorry. <laughs> i mean out, outside of we'll, we'll go back and touch on rocco blahowicz and lee dos Anjos. but i mean out, outside of that like not a lot of these fights are really you know anything they're not yeah, real yeah i mean they're going we're gonna watch them and they're gonna fall into our collective forgotten memory bank yeah of things that happened but we don't remember like, right. do you do you we watched maya davis yesterday do you remember anything about that fight um yeah i thought so <laughs> something happened somebody got punched <laughs> but, uh moving down uh bellator has a few fight announcements uh julia budd will be defending her featherweight title on july 12th against olga ruby and at Bellator's Birmingham card, um, we have a set of matchups. Uh, Derek Campos will be facing off against Ryan Scope. And uh, also, uh, kickboxing ace Raymond Daniels will be making his second MMA appearance. Uh, I think he'll be fighting at welterweight, and he'll be going against a gentleman named John Durant. 
And the last bit of, I guess, kind of fight um, announcement news. Uh, Andrew Leone, who was going to be in one championship flyweight tournament, um, he had to pull out due to injury. Uh, so replacing him will be Senzo Akita, who was a former pancreas flyweight champion. Um, and I think he also owns a win over Yu Yu Waka Matsu, if I'm saying his name correct. Um, I really thought you were about to say Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that would have been like the most racist thing ever. <laughs> like I, I just butcher his name and just you you rock a show. So let's talk the big news. There's currently no UFC bandway champ. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I was gonna say so on on, on the news. Well, oh, before we get to that, any any quick thoughts on Rocco Blahowicz or Lee Dos Anjos? Um, so, the, uh, like, I, I see a few people is just saying, you know, Rockhold's, like, boxing defense is going to get him hurt at 205. Um, I'm more I'm more worried about his, like, layoff because I didn't realize. he's Chris Weidman's fought more times since their fight at UFC 199 or what was it? I think it was 199 or 194 or whatever. Uh, but Weidman's fought more times than Rockhold has. Rock, uh, Weidman's always hurt. Like, the man just had, like, his sixth, like, neck surgery. Like, if he has another one, he gets it for free. Like, so, like, I, I'm more worried about Rocco just being healthy. Hopefully, the weight cut helps with that. Um, But, like, I, I don't see a problem with Rocco moving up to 205. Like, I'm actually, like, one of those people who's like, you know what? It's, John Jones is probably a better matchup for him than Yoel Romero. <laughs> If we're if we're being like straight up honest, just because you're like Rock, if Rock, if Rocco's problem is his defensive, like you know footwork and boxing defense and all that good stuff, like Jones isn't the person to exploit that. Like he, his game is neutralizing the movement and the space between him and his, some of his opponent. It's, it's not based on exploiting like oh I'm gonna make your head go here. All right, and then I'm by fainting, and then I'm gonna crack you with my, uh, with a right hand. Like that's not his game, and he he's not the t- like he'll pressure, but it's not gonna be the same type of pressure as like a good pocket boxer like Romero. Yeah. So, um, and let's be honest, Jan Blahovic just got knocked out by Diego Santos trying to come forward in like close distance, and it like. I love Santos, but like, like that's not Santos's game. It never, it was never his game at one eighty-five, and he, I like, and he probably mostly got away with it because he's quicker, and Rockhold should be quicker than Blahovic by a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say this. I think this fight should, this fight will tell us a lot about where Rockhold is at, because this is a matchup that skill for skill, Rockhold should win this, like on paper. Mm-hmm. Um. You would you would think, you know, being at 205, not dealing with a weight cut, he, he should, ho- hopefully he'll just be healthier, he'll feel better, he'll be able to move better. This is just, in, in essence, this is a very winnable fight for him. I'm not going to say it's a cakewalk, but it's one of those fights that you should win. Jan might, you know, he, he might crack you once, maybe. He'll, he'll make you work for it, at least. Um, but it's one of those fights that he just, he should win this. So if he goes into this fight and somehow gets, like, blasted, you know, I think that's, 
And, and like that's another thing. Jan's really, uh, he 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 will acquiesce to the type of fight you want. So if you want a fight where you are basically just like, okay, you're going to come in, but you're going to come in on my terms, and those terms are going to allow me to land that like step back hook that he really likes to throw, or that like question mark kick that he really likes to throw, like then, you know that that that's that that's in your favor going into this fight. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I think Rockhold should, he should win that fight. And if he doesn't, then that's, that's, uh, that's, that's trouble on the wall. Um, Lee, Lee Dos Anjos, I think, is a really interesting fight. Um, I've got him in flip-flopping on who I think is going to win this. Mostly because I don't, I'm not sure what Lee's going to look like at 170. And my other concern was, I, I almost felt like if, if Dos Anjos could, like, weather an early storm... I don't know if this fight is a headliner. I'm not sure if it's gonna be. It's the main event. It's the main event. Cause I I feel like if 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 Dos Anjos can weather like an early two round storm, he could eke out a decision taking like the last three. I could just envision Kevin Lee just kind of slowing down, and Dos Anjos maybe just being able to land more. Maybe he gets lucky and just is able to stuff takedowns later in the in the fight. Um. But again, don't know not don't know what Lee looks like at 170. Maybe his gas tank is a bit better. Maybe he's able to push harder. Um, and they just continue giving Dos Anjos just wrestlers like. Yeah. And Lee on top of just being a good wrestler, like dude is, he can crack. Um, he he hits pretty hard. And yeah, he was a big lightweight. And at 170, he's he might he might still be a tank. Um, so yeah, man, this. On paper, I don't think this looks good for Dos Anjos, but I'm holding on to the faith that he'll weather an early storm and he'll he'll find a way to like edge out the last three rounds. But he also could get taken down and battered, and it could be one of those long, grueling, gru- grueling fights for him. Mm. Yeah, I don't know where I stand on this. Like, Kevin Lee is the exact type of wrestler who RDA struggled with in the past. Guys who were just you know. Just redonkulously aggressive. Will shoot takedowns, uh, for who who has a really explosive shot, um, and we'll try to put him against the fence where like you know the work is just easier. Um, so Kobe Covington did, so Kamaru Usman did, so Khabib Nurmagomedov did. Um, to an extent, it's kind of what Tony did, except Tony was much more reliant on his kickboxing and. Uh, I, I really think this comes down to can Kevin will Kevin Lee shoot often enough to get RDA down? Because if it's on the feet, I don't think he has what it takes to kickbox with RDA. Uh, especially just like going back and watching that IL Quinta fight where he was just all over the place with his striking. Like it was not great. He was really there for the counter and. He's become a better counter puncher. I, I don't know if he's got like uh, Equinta's, you know, predilection for it, but I'm leaning RDA. But I can totally see Kevin Lee just going ridiculously hard and just like eking out a win, or even just running away with it, just like chasing takedowns. Like it, it depends. Like if he if RDA stuffs a takedown. And gets the better of him on the feet, and I, uh, like Kevin Lee just mentally shuts down and decides to kickbox with him, like he did with Al uh, Quinta. I can see RDA winning the fight. If 
if Kevin Lee is able to get the takedown early and establish dominance from the top and attack RDA's body with ground and pound and stuff like that, I, I can see Lee just running away with it. Khabib style. Yeah. We'll see. It, it's a good, that's a good matchup, though. I, I do like that matchup because you kind of just, it, it, it is, a, it's a hard one. That's a coin flip. We, we, we don't really know what's, what's going to happen in that one. So, um, actually, real quick, there were two other uh, notes of news I wanted to go through real quick, and then we'll get to, like, the three, I guess, kind of stories that broke. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, uh, minor note, uh, Jose Aldo um, had a bacteria infection, apparently in his knee, um, but he is still expected uh, to fight uh, Volkanovski at UFC 237 in May. So hopefully that doesn't become an issue. Um, and then real quick, I forgot to mention that uh, PFL uh, revealed their 2019 roster. So obviously you're going to get your champions back. I don't have them all by name, but if they were champion, they're, they're coming back. Um, but the divisions that they're going to hold tournaments for will be featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. Um, they're skipping over middleweight, so it's just going to be light heavyweight and heavyweight. And according to this article, at least the way it's worded, heavyweight, is just going to be anything above 206. Um, in terms As of it weight. should be. Yeah, so that'll that'll be a thing. Um, Ooh, they got the, Goltz off. Yeah, I was going to say, some of the names, they, they do have some interesting names um, uh, in terms of, like, new challenges. Um, so former UFC 205-er, <laughs> former prospect, who nobody really talks about while he was in the UFC, uh, Jordan Johnson, uh, he went over. He, so he's going to be in PFL's uh, 205 tournament. Um... Uh, Ray Cooper III has a cousin named Zane Kamaka. Um, so he will be in the welterweight tournament. Uh, there's some Brazilian prospect named Luis Rafael Lorento. Um, and other names I'm just going to throw out there. There are additional uh, new people who will be fresh faces in the tournament. Uh, Dennis Goltsov, Ante Deja, Ben Edwards, Victor Nemkov, David Machild, Yinkang Bao, Loik. Ratsabov, Nate Andrews, and Alex, Alex uh, Gilpin, or Glippin, probably saying that wrong. But anywho, there'll be some new uh, faces at uh, PFL's tournament. And, of course, we mentioned a couple episodes ago, they'll be on ESPN Plus also. So, you know, Thursday nights, if you don't got nothing to do, <laughs> go, go, go watch PFL. Um, all right. So now to some some headlines and things that broke <laughs> during the week. So since you mentioned it, uh, we'll we'll start off. I don't even have this pulled up in front of me, but uh, we'll we'll start with uh, T.J. Dillashaw and this uh, bantamweight division that continues to <laughs> somehow somehow in a division so talented. Winning the win the title is a fucking curse. Yeah. <laughs> so T.J. Dillashaw. Uh, apparently had an, an quote-unquote abnormality. Uh, I'm tired of seeing that word in 2019. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, USADA is no longer beholden to us. They don't have to report anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Dillashaw had an abnormality in uh, one of his tests. Um, he took to Instagram to notify the fans, I guess, before USADA did their own little official it, announcement. It's never good when you have to break out the notepad app. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can either take this as he was being transparent or he was just trying to save face. But either Ladder. way... Ladder. It's 
the way. UFC went to him and said, we're either going to take the title or you're going to give it to us. <laughs> yeah, so he he handed it over without question. He let the fans know, hey, man, I, I got this thing in my test. As far as I know, though, they haven't reported on exactly what he, like, tested for, at least from nothing I've seen. I don't think they have to anymore. Like, I don't know what the New York State Athletic Commission's... I don't even know if they know. I don't even know if they know. They probably just know that he that Usada found their regularity and tested, and they reported it to them. Um, from what I can tell, it's probably a diuretic, just because you know, um, you know, the cut down to one twenty five. Yeah. That that seems to be like the. Uh, not, not consensus, but that seems to be what most people are thinking. In which case, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, so... But, I mean, obviously big story because, you know, you got a champion who has to make... Who has to, you know... We've been saying this for how many years now? Like, Usada's eventually going to take a title away from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened to be TJ Dillashaw. It just so happened to pile on to what's probably going to be the worst year of his career yeah it's it's not looking too good and i mean on top of that he got uh uh new york state athletic commission suspended him for a year obviously no longer the champ and now that just creates this this creates more confusion because not there's only no, now we need to find no a new confusion champ. anymore because Dana White came out and said last night it's more than likely going to be Henry Cejudo and Marlon Moraes for the Bamway title. Uh, Which I'm fine with. If, if, but if that's the case, just get rid of Flyweight. Or at least book the next, like, book the champion at 125. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that whole 125, 135 pitcher is still just kind of murky yeah it's murky it's foggy it's, it's still just it's not all the way clear because we i mean we'll get to it later but we had a flyweight fight on this card that you would think had like title implications but who who, who knows who knows who's fighting for what anymore um i'm taking joey's word on this because i didn't watch the press conference but the plan is a hood over at 135 next for to fill in this for the champion and then have Formiga Benavidez as the number one contender fight for uh, at 125. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. I think he did say that. I think I saw that. Somebody posted that, too. Which confuses the crap out of me, because what if Cejudo wins? Right. <laughs> so, so, do you just... Yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, Cejudo Marais, I think Marais takes him. Um... But in the event that Cejudo does win, that that I think that kind of creates a problem. Because I, I know the UFC isn't just going to gift, you know, the winner of Formiga and Benavidez a belt just off the strength. And are you really going to make Cejudo go back down to defend the belt in a division that we're not even sure if you're keeping? So it's just... I, I, I am, like... Flyweight's done. Like, they keep booking these fights, and they're just going to keep cutting all these flyweights that don't want to keep for Bantamweight. Like, I like I think the only thing holding them up was... I, I, maybe not even holding them up, but just, like, that gave them a little bit of pause was 
the judge in their case, um, if you remember correctly, the judge in the antitrust uh, antitrust suit lawsuit. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, in the antitrust lawsuit, basically came out and said something along the lines of it just uh, repri- reprimanded them for uh, for the talk about cutting the flyweight division. Like I don't know if that had any. I don't know if that's the thing that's holding anything up while they've settled this lawsuit or whatever. You know, from just them just being like officially all, like we're done, we're washing our hands of it. But I mean, it, it's as good an excuse for any as why they're drawing these this out this long. Yeah, I guess you can. Um, you you can't make it a. You can't do like the instant drop off. Like you can't just wake up tomorrow, do the final snap, be like, all right, all y'all out of here. So they're just doing like this gradual. You know. I, I don't know. I, I get. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't like it. Whatever it is, is messy. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> they're just winging it at this point. But um, yeah, that we'll just have to see kind of how that all unfolds because it's, you know, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. Um, but this this is why the whole double champ thing is like you have to reserve super fights for when they're like legit like super fights quote unquote like if two guys have been cleaning out their division for years and there's like nobody else between them to fight then it's cool but in this day and age it just kind of seems like we're doing it just to do it and it just it creates it just it leaves it leaves too much room for chaos i i think they really thought a, I don't think they had like I like Joey said. I don't think they had an idea for what to do when Cejudo beat DJ, except that they didn't want to rebook DJ for a title fight. And then B, when Cejudo beat Dillashaw, I think they really thought Dillashaw was just gonna wash him, and they were gonna be able to market Dillashaw as a two division champion before just cutting the rest of the flyweight division. And now they're just kind of stuck. Uh, such is life, such is life, um, but, well, we'll keep an eye on that situation, uh, moving on, um, let's, let's talk about this ESPN Plus, uh, pay-per-view deal, <laughs> that's, uh, that's going on, so, um, pretty much, I want to say effective, pretty much, like, immediately, right, because I think this takes place at the, the, next pay-per-view, yeah, the Holloway Poirier, um, so if you, uh, we're really excited about that card. You were thinking about throwing, you know, your sixty, seventy dollars or whatever to, you know, go pay for it. I mean, you can still do it, but uh, you're gonna need ESPN Plus. Um, uh, that's 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 the deal now. You yep. Pretty much, you the UFC pay per views will be exclus- exclusively done through ESPN Plus. Um, now, as far as I know, from one of the articles I read, um, I think like restaurants. And bars will still get like their licensing. So if you're somebody who likes to go out and watch fights, um, I, I think that'll still like be a thing. So if you're one of those people, you you should be fine. But for everybody else, pro- I'm sorry. You should probably check with. I don't know. I, I don't know who your provider is for these papers. Like I, so apparently bars and restaurants they buy the UFC product from this promotion called Johan Promotions. 
they're a cable product. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like they 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 they're they deal specifically with like TV pay per views and stuff. I don't know how that works with like ESPN Plus. Like these bars aren't going to have ESPN Plus accounts. You know what I mean? Right. I mean maybe some will, but I, I doubt. Um, I can't even make up a fake one. Well, like some some small bar owner is gonna be like, I'm gonna shell, I want to shell out five dollars a month for this thing I barely understand to hook it up to my TV from 1985 or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So the pay per view events will still be, I think, it's sixty dollars each. Um, and only ESPN Plus uh, members will be able to purchase them. So, I mean, basically, in a nutshell, man, they're kind of forcing you to, uh, well, all right, so, if you're a new ESPN Plus subscriber, you get one year of the service and a UFC pay-per-view for $80. I think it's kind of trash. I've been on ESPN Plus. I want a pay-per-view, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But, basically, I just kind of feel like this is just kind of strong-arming people. I don't see the benefit outside of like on the ufc I, I i don't know the you know the exact terms of the deal i, I imagine they probably got paid from it that um, the word is they are guaranteed like they got they struck a deal where espn is going to guarantee them another two to three hundred million dollars yeah which so, which basically puts their yearly revenue mark like at a guaranteed baseline of like six hundred million dollars yeah, and, so, and just for the record like there's only two teams in professional sports in the United States that make that money, and they're the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. So they're going to be balling. <laughs> They'll be so, balling. So you guys should all sign your pro- – like, if you're a UFC fighter, go sign your Project Spearhead uh, union card because yeah, – they they getting paid. <laughs> yeah, no, this, the sport, this sport isn't new anymore. Yeah, like – they are getting paid, and fighters, I guarantee, are not going to be getting a lot, a, a lot of that revenue. Um, and then I feel like it wasn't a coincidence that not too long after, I don't know if it happened after or maybe a couple of days before, but uh, Dana White announced he, he he extended his presidency. He, he got another seven years yeah. and a lot of guaranteed money. Yeah. So, yeah, but basically, man, if you're... <laughs> It's really just kind of strong on I mean, people. Like, if you really want to buy pay-per-views, you just... So, first, you have to pay for the ESPN Plus service on top of you then having to order the pay-per-view. Yeah. So... And just keep in mind, um, the the record number of, in, like, iPay-per-views, like, just straight-up streaming pay-per-views that, you, that UFC's ever sold was for uh, UFC 229, uh, Nirmaga versus McGregor. And it was, like, 500,000. Like people don't pay for shit online. Yeah, that that was that was my question when this. Well, like I said, they they obviously they're gonna get paid from this. They probably don't care. But I, that's what I was wondering is what are what are these pay per view numbers really now gonna look like? Like, are you ever gonna now see what what cards that are strictly what pay per views that are strictly on ESPN Plus are gonna break a million buys? More like none. a 1.5. Like, no, nobody's... <laughs> well, like, so, okay, I'll, I'll give them this. Like, you you, you didn't need UFC uh, Fight Pass to, to buy uh, pay-per-views on UFC.tv 
for that 500 million whatever but like where it is like the the fight pass at its highest was like 400,000 people paying for it and we know ESPN's come out and said like they have like 2 million plus subscribers now so in theory and, and the biggest um <clears throat> I'm sorry the biggest uh, enrollment factor for ESPN so far has been the UFC and boxing so we know that they have a bigger base to build from to to bilk but like even then they're mostly people like us who understand that you don't need to pay for a pay-per-view to see a pay-per-view yeah alternative methods are very real yeah (laughs) Um, like you know they're the people who are like $15 for fight pass is too rich for my blood so but $5 for you know 28 cards and uh, like 30 prelims or, or 10 prelims, you know, a, a gold uh, buy for me. And then I also, to me, to me, like, like I said, if you're a fan, this just this sucks all the way around. Like, this doesn't almost even make sense because it's like, if you're, especially, I feel like for the ca- for the casual fan, y'all, the casuals, which are, you know, we we like to think the hardcores make up most of the audience, but this that couldn't be far from the truth. The, the the casuals are where they make their bread and butter. Let's say you're a casual fan and you had Fight Pass. All right, cool. I'm you know throwing out nine ninety nine a month. Whatever it is, what it is. Now you're taking away the pay per views from Fight Pass. And I, I'd imagine if you're a casual who has Fight Pass, I don't imagine you're probably going out of your way like every day, like yo, let me watch this Invicta card, let me watch this Glory card. Like you probably don't really care too much of else what's going on <laughs> on that site other than like the main UFC content. So now you take away pay per views, and it's kind of like, well, what do I even have this for now? I mean, I got rid of Fight Pass. Like, it's like I I keep it because I do like. On nights when I'm just like bored, or days when I just I'm not doing anything, I'll just hop on Fight Pass. I'll just like the I think like the other weekend I randomly just threw on a pancreas card, <laughs> just, just watch people get beat up. It was a good time, but like I know the majority of the audience isn't me. Like if if they don't have like a big fight to watch or there's nothing really huge, you know, upcoming on the horizon, then you're not really rushing to open your Fight Pass app. And now that they're taking off pay per views, like what do we? What does this even mean for the future of Fight Pass? Like, are we just going to keep it? Are, are they really just going to keep it for all these little other... Because, like, all of the other content, I think, is, like, really dope. Like, you get a lot of jujitsu stuff. Thousands of other promotions. They added the Muay Thai this year. You got Karate Combat. Like, there's a lot of good things on there. But you just took away, like, one of the biggest, you know... You know, pay-per-view. That's supposed to be, like, the, the creme de la creme. And it's on, like... <laughs> it doesn't make sense, like... It's on your site. This is your UFC thing. And I can't order a UFC pay-per-view on, like, a UFC app. Like, that's... <laughs> that's crazy. Like, that just doesn't even... Right. I know, you know what this does, though? Um, it puts the onus on ESPN to uh, to turn UFC fighters into pay-per-view draws. Because they're the ones who are going to take the hit from the sound of it, like, the UFC is going to make, uh, like, from what I can understand, like, if, if that two to $300 million, like, guaranteed payment is correct, 
the UFC is going to make money regard like the UFC is going to make as much money as if they sold like three to four million pay per views. So something crazy like that, you know what I mean? Right. So like, they're guaranteed that a year. They that's income. That's just straight up income. They don't have to split it with nobody. They're not like with a cable company or anything. So you know, right off the bat, it's it's better than it's been before. Like to break even, ESPN needs to sell about not even to break even, just to make like because the they apparently ESPN's not uh, apparently the way it's set up is ESPN won't make any money until it hits a certain number. And then they get a cut after that number. That that might be like I don't know if that's like the structure of their deal, where like oh, um, we'll set the price for these UFC pay per views, and if you sell, and and we'll give you like two hundred million dollars worth of like front rev, uh, front revenue. So like, if all your pay per views on our app sell two hundred million dollars, that's all yours. But Every million dollars after that, we get half. You know, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's the setup or if they were just like, "Here's two hundred million dollars for the rights to air your pay per view, and then like take a cut after that." I don't know if that's the ding. Like I, I, I like, but yeah, like if you're a consumer, this sucks ass. Yeah, there's yeah, there's really no way around it. Like I don't really see any benefit. <laughs> we really get from this like this isn't a very like customer friendly move <laughs> that they made but i don't know U- ufc gonna ufc um, like i can't even blame the ufc like they're guaranteed like yeah no yeah on there and yeah like you, you got the bag like like this is like espn like they they took the they took the wwe model and just were just like they they left out the best part, which is you get the pay per view, right? As a part of your monthly, yeah. So like, know. if they had just bumped it up like five ten dollars, I would have been fine. I'm like, oh, it's the fight, it's the price of fight pass, but I get all this pay per view content. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Like perfect, awesome. Just update the interface and like it's just as good as fight pass. But no, like garbage. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to be really anxiously watching, and I'm not even a guy who really, like, cares about numbers all that much, um, but I'm going to keep my eye on that Poirier Holloway, um, on what those numbers are going to look like. But the only way we're ever going to get them is if we get them directly from ESPN. Mm. Yeah, and they don't. Like, they, they, and they won't give it to us if it's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see how that uh, or like an investor meeting or conference or whatever. Right. <laughs> but uh, speaking speaking of other streaming services, uh, ESPN Plus ain't the only one who've been in the news uh, for some tomfoolery. Yeah, the, the the zone the zone is out here trying to they trying to they trying to roll one over on us. Um, so <laughs> the zone is uh, gonna be making some price changes. Um. So if you're like me and you already do have the zone and you're on the nine ninety nine a month, um, I would advise you to go check your email box. They probably sent you a little message like they did me the other day, uh, basically saying um, if you're on the nine ninety nine a month plan, um, 
you're cool for now. You can keep your nine ninety nine uh nine ninety nine a month plan uh until about March twenty twenty. And uh then you're gonna have to make some uh decisions. So uh the zone is gonna be changing the price. Um basically you'll have two options. You can do a nineteen ninety nine a month, which um you know <laughs> have fun with that. Or you can do two hundred and forty dollars a year. Yeah. Or you can do the ninety nine ninety nine annual pass, which according to them that math breaks down to about eight fifty a month. Um, if you were to do the math. Now I'm not gonna lie, like from from their end, I kind of understand at least the way they explained it, what they were going for. So basically from my, my understanding of this is their their mindset was most of the people who pay for the zone either fall in two categories. You're either like the hardcore fan and you're watching, um, you know, you're watching MMA, you're watching Bellator, you're watching boxing, you know, you'll be watching all the Canelo fights, all that good stuff. Or you fall in the other category of, I really only come to the zone when there's like a big pay per view I want to see and I just sign up for the pay per view and then after that, you know, I, I get rid of my, my service. So their mindset was, we charge the nineteen ninety nine a month for those people because if you know it's still better you pay nineteen ninety nine for this one pay per view that you really want to watch when you're going to cancel afterwards anyway, than you you know, ordering like a sixty dollar pay per view when you can just you know. So you know instead of paying like sixty seventy for the Canelo fight, just come to the zone watch it for nineteen ninety nine then cancel your subscription you know we'll send you on your way. And then the ninety nine ninety nine, you know, I guess they're just trying to sell the math. If you really do the math, it, it's technically like cheaper than Fight Pass. Um, I I would almost be cool with this if the zone was more. What's the word? I think you said it. Like we, we kind of talked about this before we started recording. Like their schedule is just really empty. Yeah, like they the it, the zone to me isn't like it's not a content problem because they have. Like, you have Bellator, you have uh, KSW, I think they, they added Road FC, and obviously you're starting to get, you know, you're getting the big-time boxers, you're getting Canelo, you're getting... Uh, like they, they have, like, half the pound-for-pound pound best fighters on the planet right, right now. So it's not that they don't have, like, good content, it's that I don't want to pay... I'm definitely not paying nineteen ninety nine a month, you can get that out of here. But I don't even know if I want to pay the $99, uh, $99 annual pass when really I'm only going to be using this like every few, it's not like the UFC where at least like you can say with the UFC, even with the ESPN plus deal, as much as we don't you know, really care for it, there are fights all the time. Like almost every week, somebody's getting punched in the face. Well, it's not even that they're like, there are fights, there are consequential fights like all the time. Right. And that's, that's, that's in part because, you know, the UFC is like a monopoly. And like they have a roster deep enough to where they can at least put one or two really good fights on a card every week if they need to. And, and then they have the whole deal where like they they put some of their prelims on there. But like the zone spends like a hundred million plus on three fighters, like in one division. Like so, you got Canelo, you have um, Gennady Golovkin, and you have Danny Jacobs, and together they're gonna make over 
hundred million dollars this year. Like, where's the budget for the rest of the year? Right. That, that's the budget for all of the ESPN Plus cards put together, <laughs> with with enough left over to buy you a house on in like the uh, uh like in L.A., like downtown L.A., like nice L.A. And even between those three fighters, like how many times are we going to see them a year? Exactly, you're going to see them twice, right. and a lot of times it's going to be against each other. Hopefully, like because that's the plan. So you know, Canelo and Danny Jacobs are going to fight in May. You know, what am I doing till then with the zone? Right. Because like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking at their um their April schedule right now. Um, well, April's actually pretty good. They have um Sorong Vasai versus Francisco Estrada on April 26. Um, but like Jamie Munguia is going to fight Dennis Hogan on April 13th. Like, what am I doing with that? You know what I mean? Like, there's just there's not enough. Like, what what has what has DAZN done for us in in March? Because there was the Katie Taylor fight and Kevin Farmer fall on the uh, Kevin Farmer fall on the card. And Liam Smith is going to fight Sam Eggington next week, but like, and we like we both literally both almost skipped over the Bellator card because we didn't even know it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we for, we both forgot. Yeah. Like, if, if Twitter right. didn't exist, <laughs> we and, like. Here's the thing: I could have stayed home. Like I was out Friday night. I could have stayed home and watched it if I wanted to, though, on TV. Right. Because it wasn't. I don't think it was an exclusive. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it was on Paramount. Bellator was only giving them like seven exclusives a year. So it's not even like there's a Bellator card every month. Yeah, so it's just it's not. I I I like I said I I understand what their reasoning was, but I don't know if they have enough content like right now, or at least like a, enough of a a good schedule to kind of justify the the move. Um, like if they had like Pancras and like a whole bunch of like small promotions that they could get on the cheap. Like a fight pass, like maybe, because like I like KFC, uh, not KFC, I like KF, uh, <laughs> KSW, I like KSW, and I like um, I'm sorry, Road FC. But like, those are two promote, like those are two promotions that run like a premium schedule. You know what right. I mean? They're they're not out here every week. I mean. Their next card's not Road FC's next card's not till May. And KSW just had a card this weekend. Yeah, like KSW will run a card like every month, month and a half. Maybe. Like on good years. But like they they're also a promotion. They run like every other month, maybe. Oh, and I forgot to mention about the zone changes. Uh by the guy by the time you guys hear this episode, the change start Monday. Um so yeah. by the time you guys hear this episode, the, the change already happened. The price change is already a thing. So like I said, if you're at the $9.99 already, then you're cool. You can just keep that for a year. If you don't have that, um, you got some decisions to, uh, <laughs> right, right. to make. Like, I, like, and like, me, me and you, we watch regional MMA when we can, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't watch a whole lot of like, oh, here's a 5-0 and boxer who... You know, is coming up 
and he's trained by uh, like uh, Virgil Hunter or something. Like, I don't know a lot of these dudes unless they're like Olympians or like world amateur champions or something. And like I hear a bit a little bit of buzz behind them. Like I I don't like I'm not out here looking for the next Terrence Crawford. Like so, a card like. Liam Smith versus Sam Eggington doesn't do much for me. Yeah, so it, it's <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, shout out to my homie Davon. We were talking about this yesterday. Like we all left cable. I'm assume most of us did because cable got so expensive, and it wasn't really worth it because you were paying like hundreds of dollars a month, and you really only watched like two channels. So streaming at first was like this really great thing, but now if you if you think about it, just add up all of the bills of all of the streaming services that you're paying for, and it's almost like it's like cable all over again. Like all, all of these little all these little quote unquote cheaper streaming services are, are just adding up. You know, if you're somebody who I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting on that bundle service because you know it's coming. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's that's gonna have to be like the next, <laughs> the next step. Cause like if you're somebody you pay for, if you have like Fight Pass or Zone, or, and let let's just say hypothetically you actually like you pay for all these, you're not like mooching off somebody's account. So like you pay for like Netflix, I don't know, Netflix, Hulu, the Zone, Fight Pass, ESPN Plus. These these bills are adding up. They're adding up quick. Um, and then like this whole like Disney streaming that's gonna be a thing eventually it's gonna be a big yeah. thing um yeah this i don't know man i'm not i'm not feeling too good about i i, I like to i don't mind paying for things because I, I i'm a person who just kind of enjoys convenience like i i just i like the fact that if i miss this card i can just hop on the zone and go back and watch a replay I don't have to scour the earth for my alternative methods. I know where it is. I can just go find it and just watch it whenever I have the time to. But, you know, eventually I might have to make some cuts. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'll keep my 999 for the year. Um, I'll keep it. But after that, I don't know, man. It might be, uh, unless the zone makes some, some crazy moves between now and then. I think if the zone would have got one, I'd have liked a lot more. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't, like, maybe maybe one was just, like, we want a real TV deal, despite the fact that they don't really have a real TV yeah. deal. Have fun with that 3 a.m. <laughs> slot. <laughs> it, they, they have, like, the infomercial deal where, like, Bleacher Report's like, we'll put your iPay-per-views on our website, but you, you have to be at TNT, on TNT at, like, 2 right. in the morning. <laughs> so... Oh no! If if the zone, yeah, if the zone would have snagged up like one championship, because I I love watching one man. One one card is always fun. I mean, the, the time zone obviously is a difference. I don't, I never really get to. Some I have to sneak and watch them at work, but like I always really enjoy watching one card. So if they would have like somehow snag up one between now and, and next year, which probably won't happen, but you know, I'd I'd shell out money for that. But or PFL. Yeah, but well, PFL gonna be. I feel like PFL. There's no way they're leaving the ESPN brand. Like that's too big of a. Yeah, no, yeah. I get you. Um, <laughs> they're gonna stay there as long but, as they like, can. Like just something to fill out the schedule that isn't all these big temple right. events. Because at least with one, like, 
even with the one cards, I don't really know everybody who's fighting, especially since they started really adding in like the the tie fights. But it does it does seem now that they're more active. Like I get notifications on my app all the time from one about oh, uh, one championship, you know, Beijing coming up in a week, you know, so on and so forth. Um. So yeah, the, the zone just needs some more. They need some more meat on the bones. Uh. It doesn't even have to be like big me. It's just like, dude, like give me something for my money. If I'm if I'm doing an annual pass of ninety nine a year, I somebody needs go, to get punched in the face way more often. Go get LFA. Mm, that would be good. Like, like you could probably get them on the cheap. I don't know what Access is paying them, yeah, but probably, yeah, mm, that would be good. That would be. Good. I would pay for that. And, and you get a card like every week yeah, or two. Yeah, LFA, <laughs> LFA, LFA got cards too often. LFA's on their 60 second card. They only been around for. Yeah. <laughs> LFA drop fights as much as we drop podcast episodes. Like, LFA is crazy. But, um, yeah, man. If the zone got LFA in one, I'm all for it. You, you got my money. Because that's, that's output. But, yeah, as of now, man, between ESPN Plus and the zone, um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really too thrilled about either of these decisions, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so that was our long news and notes spiel, but like I said, not not a ton in terms of quantity, in terms of news and notes, but a lot of these were just kind of heavy, so we had to kind of expand on them. Um, so we'll we'll talk about some fights real quick. Um, I'm gonna breeze through like two cards, uh, really three, because Bellator's gonna be a breeze too, and then we can briefly. I feel bad because, like, I feel, I feel like ways we have to make a conscious effort to remember there's Bellator that well, week. Well, I mean, to be honest, man, to throw us a bone, this card wasn't really all that, like. I mean, they rarely ever are. Like, like they have <laughs> this that, like. Thackerville. Ah, <laughs> uh, Thackerville. Shout out to Thackerville. But, like, Bellator, like. I don't even, I don't enjoy watching the Roy Nelsons and the Matt Mitriones of the world fight anymore. Like it, it, like and I get why they did it. Um apparent like a, so I was listening to the um the Show Money podcast this week by Bloody Elbow, so you got your uh uh what was it John Nash and uh crap, what's the other dude's name? Is it Paul Gift? Um and they were out there talking like they were talk they were talking about the Bellator the zone deal and Apparently, the zone has made Bellator actually profitable, like not by a whole bunch, but like they're they're breaking even, and like at least half of their revenue is coming from the zone. Like they they get they're getting over thirty million dollars from them for the year, yeah. which is really good. Uh, but like a, a huge part of that was the zone's like officers were impressed with like the names like Rampage Jackson, Matt Mitrione, and. Fedor and Ryan Bader and like these guys who have like you know the UFC credentials and the uh, pride credentials and like a strong like strong enough fan bases that they might be able to carry maybe a few fans and a few like a few advertisers and stuff because like a lot of these guys have relationships with like actual like sponsors as opposed to um, I don't know like a Brent Primus or right. something you know what I mean so like I get why they signed these guys. But it'd be nice if they signed them in the divisions that were actually like, right, good, like 
And I, I and there's not a whole bunch of talent out there right now. The U, the UFC has a very close. Uh, they they they're keeping all their contracts close to the chest. They're resigning dudes hella early, or throwing good money at them, or better money than Bellator could probably throw at them because like they got all these dates to fill. And you know you let Cub Swanson walk, and that's one less co-main event they, main they card just, fighter uh, you got. Holly Holmes like a six fight deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like these these are people you you got to keep around because you got to fill out dates until you got somebody who has the cachet to replace them. Um, but like they they really got to start making like goes at like they they need a lightweight division. You know what I mean? Like, because currently all they have really is like welterweight and 205 and featherweight. And that's not enough to like, in, like, because their 205 division is still just like, it's Phil yeah, Davis. They, I think they're King struggling Lowe. with, like, they're, I mean, and I've given them praise. Like, I, I do think overall the fighters that they're bringing in are better than what they have been. But like, they're, they don't have as many. Like, every so often, it seems in the UFC, you get a guy like, uh, you get like a Petr Jan or a Wei Li Zhang that comes in. It, you get somebody that you can look at and it's like, oh, that's that's next up. Like, this, this is going to be the next guy we need to look out for. This is the next uh, woman we need to look out for. And Bellator doesn't right. have as many of those. Like, they're, they're, I, they're probably, like, what Bjorn Rebney did was he was amazing at just going like like and finding talent like and that's how we have the pitbull brothers and that's how we have like michael chandler and that's how we have uh pat curran right. you know what i mean but like scott coker is more like i want ncaa wrestlers i want certain guys who have a certain amount of drawing power and like or I want like like the 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 um the the taekwondo woman who they just yeah. had, like that that was a good signing. Like don't get me wrong, but like we need some grassroots recruiting here. And I mean, it is probably hard because the UFC, the UFC probably has their eyes to the ground, you know. And yeah, like the UFC signing guys who are like four and zero, like Luis Pena <laughs> got to. So UFC you're probably if you're Bellator, you probably really. You really have to have your guys' eyes on the ground. Like, you, you got to snatch these guys up either before the UFC gets to them or maybe you're lucky and you find a gym that, like, the UFC happened to overlook. Um, or just, I don't know, you sign some random champ from another organization and just hope he pans out. <laughs> like, like, there's a reason, like, they're in, like, Israel. You know what I mean? In Italy, yeah. looking for They're talent. not getting the first pick of the list. Yeah, like, shouts to Olga Rubin, but... Yeah, there's a reason she got signed and there and like Megan Anderson and Felicia Spencer are currently in the UFC. Oh, I guess since we're already on Bellator, well, I'll just start with this. Like I said, well, I'll kind of just run through this because I only watched two fights um, and I don't remember them in like a super ton of detail, but I'll mention the card because it, it did happen. So shout out to Thackerville, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> that was the home of Bellator 218. Um, it was headlined uh, with a rematch of Emmanuel Sanchez and uh, George, uh, George, yeah, Georgie Karakanyan, who was actually making his return to Bellator. Um, it was a pretty fun three-rounder. Not anything, like, too crazy happened, but it, it, was, a, it was a decent fight. Um, Emmanuel Sanchez ended up winning via unanimous decision. Um, 
I want to say I gave Sanchez the first, Georgia the second, Sanchez the third. Can't really remember. But um, no, it was a decent fight. Um, if there were any fights to go back and watch, you know, this this was a a, a decent one. So give that a look. Um, the co-main event was Valentin uh, Moldovsky versus Linton Vassell. Linton Vassell uh, actually moved up to heavyweight, but he ended up losing a unanimous decision, uh, 29-27s across the board. It looks like. Um, then we had Norbert. Novigny Jr. versus William Levine. Uh, Norbert won via uh, submission, head arm choke in round two. And then the last fight, uh, at least on the main card, was Anatoly Tokov versus Gerald Harris. Um, this was actually a wild fight. If there's any fight you go back and watch, definitely go back and watch this one. Um, Gerald Harris had a nice, um, he faked a takedown with his right to like pick at Tokov's leg and then came over with the left and slumped Tokov. Landed some really nasty ground and pound. It looked like the fight was going to get stopped, but the ref let him keep going. Um, and then Tokov somehow in the second round, like, came back, had his wits about him, um, and ended up getting a guillotine choke after that crazy first round that he had to come back and survive from. So um, if there's one fight you go back and watch on Bellator 218, go back and watch that. Um, and then also on the undercard, uh, Tokov's brother, uh, Vladimir, uh, won his fight uh, against a gentleman named Ryan Walker via unanimous decision. I didn't get a chance to watch that, though. But, um, I mean, you know, if you have the zone, you can go back and um, and go check out all these fights, everything on the zone. So that was Bellator. So it's on their app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also on the app. yeah, the app's probably better because they split up the fights. Um, so, yeah. That is yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, go watch these on the Bellator app. Um, or the website. Or their website. Um, that was Bellator 218. Um, quick mentions, quick shout outs to LFA. Um, uh, LFA 62 went down on Friday night. Um, they now have their first ever uh, two weight champion. Uh, so shout outs to Casey Kenny. Um, he need uh, Vince Cachero into another world <laughs> on Friday night. Um, so he is now, I want to say, the interim flyweight and bantamweight. Uh, champion uh, Casey Kenny is 11-1-1 and, and like I said he needs Vince uh, Cachero into another world um, so shout outs to him uh, that's on Access TV um, if you have Sling TV like I do you can go back and and uh, go check those out other fights Levy Miles defeated Ahmet Carriette via submission Ramiz Brahmahaj defeated Carlos Martinez via submission. Cody Freeman defeated Fernie Garcia split decision. Austin Lego defeated Angel Cruz via submission. And Vanessa Vanessa Demopoulos defeated Valerie Soto via majority decision. And then <laughs> quick mentions of KSW. Philip DeFries headline against Thomas uh, Narkin. Uh, he won a five-round decision in the co-main event. But <laughs> Pudzilla uh, fought Simon Kalecki. It's the battle of just the two biggest men on the planet for no reason. Uh, Puds caught the L though. I didn't watch this fight, but apparently he lost via TKO via an injury. Um, I gotta go back and watch that just because it was a Puds fight. Uh, Norman Park was on the card. He defeated Boris. Minkowski we started one soccer class in a childcare center. Today we're in. He defeated uh, Fernando Rodriguez Jr. via split decision. So those were just some other fights. That uh, happened during the week. And I guess real quick before we start, Pettis Thompson. Um, Mikey Garcia and the Errol Spence fight was last week. But it happened like literally while we were recording. So we couldn't really comment on it. Um, but 
not not really a ton to break down in that fight. Like <laughs> Garcia didn't really have anything for Spence. Like after a couple feel out rounds, I feel like by like round six, Spence was just kind of just walking them down and just kind of beating them up. And Mikey Garcia kept doing this fist pump after every round like he won. But uh, Spence was clearly giving him the works. Um, I don't think he ever, like, rocked him, I want to say. But he beat him up. Like, <laughs> it, it was just one of those fights where you see, like, his levels to this. It was one of those fights where he just kind of he just kind of beat Garcia up. By, by, like, round eight or nine, it was like, wow, I don't even know why we're even doing this anymore. Like, I think the only reason the fight kept going is because, like I said, I don't think Spence ever really, like, rocked him, rocked him. But it was clear that Garcia wasn't winning the fight. Um, when when the one guy lands literally six times as many punches as the other guy, he should probably stop the fight. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so... Because uh, I want to say the the, the the punch differential was something like sixty to three hundred and sixty something. So I yeah I wouldn't doubt it. Spence the the later in that fight, the Spence just started to get real busy, and Garcia was just there. Um, yeah, he was just there. He was just there to be hit. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much how that fight went. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we're one step closer to Spence Crawford. You know, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I, I love watching so, the Spence fight. So, so. apparently, the plan going into the night was apparently um, Spence Pacquiao, should he win. But apparently, I, I, I'm assuming the, the blowback for asking for $75 for this fight and the undercard was so bad that they were like, you know what? We're going to put him in there with Sean Porter instead. And we're going gonna to do like Keith Thurman versus... um. It might have been Thurman Pacquiao. Uh, let's see. It was Thurman. Anything not Spence Pacquiao, I guess I'm happy for. I do not want to see Spence and Manny. I mean, like... Uh, what the hell? Who was it? Who was it? Um, there's been one good pay-per-view fight this year. It involved Tyson Fury. <laughs> and if you're a boxing fan like come on yeah shout out to anybody who paid $70 for that boy um what's the name was on that card though ben, was Benavides was that the same card that, that was the David Benavides beat down yeah shout out to him he beat the bricks off um <laughs> Whoever it was that he fought, Julian Love. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he boxed his face off. Shout out to Benavidez, I like him. The, the man of of the ninety hit like Killer Instinct Ultra Combo KO. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how these fights shake out. But I just I just don't want to see Spence uh, Pacquiao. I don't I don't want that on my screen. Keep keep that far away from me. But. That was boxing. Uh, quick, quick callback to that. So we can now move on to the uh, the main event of the evening, UFC Fight Night Nashville. 
Wonderboy Thompson versus Showtime Pettis. This went down on Saturday night. Once again, ending at a very respectable time. This car was over by like 10. It was awesome. Um, I just, I'm going to say that like every episode because I just really appreciate it. Um, so we will just start from the top. Headliner man, Pettis, Wonderboy. Um, we are... <laughs> Anthony Pettis, an apology. Uh, no, do we? No, because I don't think we. I don't think the 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 complaints, or at least on my end, my complaints about this fight wasn't so much that like I hate Pettis or I think he's gonna die. My complaint about this fight was just like I don't even. Why is this a thing? Like, <laughs> like I don't know what this fight even really means. Like I've I've been joking all week that this was a fight that only these two wanted to happen and we just kind of just got forced to watch it um so i don't know maybe on that end i do owe a little bit of an apology because it went it ended in a way that i don't think any of us saw coming um my vision for this fight was if pettis was gonna win it would be because this fight would be like one of those staring contests a la wonder boy until and pettis would just throw more and he would win um, but nah, that's not what happened. Um, I mean, Wonderboy started out pretty good. Um, he was busting Pettis up with the jab. He was landing good combinations, because uh, Pettis' head is just kind of straight in the air. He was kind of just there to be hit. Um, you know, obviously, Thompson with the karate style. A lot of kicks, side kicks, leg kicks, head kick every, you know, occasional now and then. And I thought Pettis did, though. I thought he did. I, I like that he was keeping pressure because um, more often than not we see Pettis be the one with his back against the fence and you know the, those kind of fights never really go well for him so I, I like that he was just attempting to be more active and I thought with all the leg kicks that Pettis was landing like my thought process was oh he's he's gonna throw a lot of leg kicks and then by like round you know maybe like the tail end of round three to the rest of the fight he'll get more active because Thompson will maybe just slow down from the leg kicks. He won't be able to be as mobile. Um, but Pettis was just, was kind of getting busted up a little bit. Like he was catching combinations. And then the second round to me was kind of, from what I remember going pretty much the same way. Pettis did start to land a bit more. I remember he, he caught Wonderboy boy with a nice um, right hand, but he still outside of his leg kicks, wasn't landing anything crazy substantial. He was just keeping a lot of pressure on wonder boy. And it to me, it looked like he was going to get pieced to a decision. Like, Thompson would just kind of box him up from the outside and just keep doing this for five rounds. But um, I think the one thing that kind of gave me hope for Pettis was that as much as he was getting hit, I never got the sense that he was, like, rocked or, like, really, really hurt. So I was like, maybe he just kind of needs an opportunity to just have a moment and just capitalize on it. And boy, did he get that. Um. <laughs> his corners were telling him um that like every time wonder boy throws a kick you need to counter with a kick um and he did a good job of that and another thing with wonder boy with that you know his karate <clears throat> style his hands are just kind of by the wayside he never he doesn't throw a jab and then bring his hand like back to his face or throw a kick and you know right his hands are just kind of down there so like in a way, Pettis's that Superman punch was kind of genius because, 
Wonderboy throws his sidekick, and they're like, Pettis has his back against the fence. So he gets pushed back from the sidekick, and he, like, propels himself with the momentum and just jumps back forward to the Superman punch. And you can kind of tell if you watch, like, the replay, the look on Wonderboy's face. He was not ready for that counter. I mean, for one, he was in awful position because his hands were completely down by his waist. And his only line, he, I can't even say he had a line of defense. He was just there to be hit. Like, his hands were down to the side. And even though he was off sideways, it's not like he really had his chin tucked in. So Pettis just was able to just explode into this Superman punch. And Thompson just died. Like, there was ground and pound that followed, but it didn't need to happen. Because, I mean, he caught the Superman punch. I think his feet were off the floor for a second. His head bounced off the canvas. It's weird that in the past, what, two weekends, we've had two lightweights come up and take out two welterweights. Both by knockout. <laughs> long live Strikeforce. Long live WEC. The lightweights are the greatest division because they go up to other divisions and they still knock people out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it, it seems pretty clear like the, the talent gap at one... 70 at 155 is basically just the guys who can wrestle are the guys like who win at like the the the, the welterweights actually beat the like the lightweights because that that like the, the okay it's clear that the the striking is not as different as we we perceived in the past like it's not a question about whether a lightweight can take a punch at 170 um I I think Pettis real I, I think those leg kicks and those body kicks were not I don't think the word is hurting but I think they were getting to Wonder Boy way more than um uh, way more than we thought like um at some point in the early part of the second round the um like he 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 went to go check one of Pettis's kicks it was the exact same motion he had for when um. Because they were both in the air on that Superman punch. Like, it looked like uh, Wonder Boy was anticipating a leg kick and went to go uh, went to go check it with his lead leg, which would be his right leg from uh, Southpaw. And instead, Pettis, instead of a leg kick, he just ate the right hit. He ended up being that Superman punch. And it was the same motion on a leg kick that he had checked earlier in the round. So I think that's where that, like, that, that, I I'm not going to say that was like a game plan thing or anything like that, but I think that was a read that Pettis made, and he thought that opening might be there. It's not like he walked to the like it, it's not like he walked to the corner, and expected to get you know spinning back kicked into the cage and then propel that into the thing. It was just like oh, it like it, it was just like a situational thing. Read. Yeah. Um, this fight made me think for real quick, and I'm like okay. Where like what happens? <laughs> no, like well that that too, but like I'm I'm thinking like in terms of just like welterweight, like who's the next best kickboxer in this division? And like it's like Ponzinibbio, who for the most part uses who is much more of a boxer than he is a kickboxer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like you think about it, there are plenty of dudes who are like good kickers, like, you know, Tyron Woodley's a good kicker. Um when he wants to be Darren Till could be a pretty effective kicker, but like I wouldn't label them kickboxers, right? 
Like, it, it made me think, okay. Thompson's never had to deal with somebody who's just like a fundamentally knowledgeable kickboxer who follows a kickboxing game plan like Anthony Pettis does. Like, nobody who's going to kick him to the body every chance he gets or kick to that lead knee um, with the, uh, or, or I should say lead outside thigh, inside thigh, like Pettis was doing. Like, it, it makes me really wish we could get Douglas Lima versus uh, Wonder Boy. Because I think it's a fight Lima could actually win. Yeah. And I don't remember, I can't think of many fighters who really kind of, like, put the pressure on Thompson. Like, who just didn't, I mean, he he gave him space to operate because it's not like Thompson wasn't landing. But he didn't really, like, he never cowered up and, like, yeah, he was consistently pushing forward and making an effort to to bring the fight to Wonder Boy. So Wonder Boy couldn't get, like, too relaxed and start, you know. You know, you know the Tekken combos he can get off. Right, and the, like a, a huge part of that is just like, and, and for all of Anthony Pettis's faults, going forward has never been one of them. Like he is really good when you give him the space to move forward and walk you down. That's how he wins most of his fights. That or you know being really explosive and really dynamic at moments where like the way he expects it, like he was at the end here, but like he will walk down people with you know the best of anybody he he did the same the, the same damn thing to tony ferguson um but like at welterweight i'm thinking like i'm looking at uh wonder boy's resume and it's like okay jorge masvidal is a guy who can walk people down but he's not very good at cutting them off he's not much of a kicker and it, like there are just fights where he just shuts down and he's just like he, he's content to be in open space then there's Woodley who fights with his ca- his back to the cage. Then there's Roy McDonald who was coming off like that broken nose. And then there's like Johnny Hendricks who is aggressive but is also really small, or I should say short, and is almost exclusively a boxer, a pocket boxer at that. Then you have Jake Ellenberger who, yeah, that's a that's a whole other story on its own. And then it's like Patrick Cote and early career Robert Whitaker. Who who was who we can safely say was like weight drained fighting a welterweight. Alright. So like this might be the first time in like his entire career he's fought like an actually like an AG actually good kickboxer. Like even going back to his kickboxing career, because his kickboxing career was mostly just dudes from like Georgia. <laughs> so it, it, it was an interesting dynamic because, like, the defense was just not there. And we're used to him not, like, he, he gets hit. He's, he gets hit. He gets dropped. And he's been dropped in, like, five of his last six fights or whatever. But, like, we're not used to get him getting hit every minute of every round. Right. He's normally able to just get out the way because the other guy's not as mobile as he was. he is. And Pet, but Pettis was. So props to him. Yeah, man, he he called he called this shot, man. Like like I said, I don't think any most people expected him not to win this fight. Like, my main takeaway was I am sur- I am ridiculously surprised and impressed that Pettis won this fight, but I'm kind of not surprised that this is the way he won it in. 
I did not see the Superman punch from God. <laughs> I yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um, nah, man, Pettis is still out here. Still got you know some left in the tank. He's officially um, the best striker at two at one seventy. <laughs> it's amazing. Still, still, still gets hit <laughs> a little too much. But hey, man, you know, I guess if you if you can if you can take it, you can dish it. And he he definitely dished it. Um, yeah, that that was crazy. That was that was <laughs> as wild and just bizarre as this matchup was. It, uh, it's almost fitting that it ended this way. Like it did. It had to. It had to be shenanigans at the end because this fight was just too weird for something crazy not to happen. Um, and then it's it's weird because what do you do next with Pettis? Because you just came up to welterweight and you just knocked out. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Wonder Boy was top five. Number four. Yeah, so um, I know he, he mentioned the RDA fight, which I wouldn't mind seeing at 170. Um, but RDA, but I, I feel like RDA, I feel like a lot of the t- RDA's got a fight booked. How about Jorge Masvidal? Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of the top guys. Um, you could either give them Jorge, but I kind of do. I want to see the Jorge Leon because I feel like that. You know, I mean, let's be real. All the contenders in this division are lightweights. <laughs> <laughs> so alright let, let's just say um alright so R- RDA has a fight book he's doing the Kevin Lee thing but then really though he could realistically get the winner of that fight because Kevin Lee and RDA is in May and you know Pettis did get busted up a little bit in this fight so you, you probably need you know a little time to heal and then you get back in the gym but that timing could work depending on how that fight goes between RDA and Lee so I'd either say like the winner of that or is it Pons? He, he has a fight book, right? No, he, he matter of fact, he was calling out RDA, but RDA ends up uh, Kevin Lee. So why not do that? Oh, yeah, I would say yeah. If you can't do, if you don't want the winner of RDA Lee, I'm down for Pettis and Pons. Definitely down for Pettis and Pons or um, Pettis Zaleski. I'd, I'd be down with that. If that if that could be a thing. Because Zaleski took no damage in his uh, last fight. Oh, Pettis Lawler. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So he, he has some, some options Um, if he wants to stay at 170. And the thing with, like, all of those fights is, you know, if you do Pettis, Pettis Lawler, Pettis Pons, Pettis Zaleski, these are all, like, the violent weight people. So, <laughs> like, he, he's just going get, to get to go in there and just kind of throw. And we just kind of just see what happens. Um, but nah, he that's great for Pettis, man. Like, for a guy who, like, after he lost his belt, his career just kind of went in this really weird direction. You know, he's he found a way to, like, keep himself afloat. I mean, um, if you're not going to fight for the title, yeah, I guess the next best thing is just to be interesting, right? Right. I mean, there's nothing else you can. There's nothing else you can ask for. Like, put on just fun. Just be that guy who puts on fun fights. And he's been doing it. Like, it, yeah. and, like the thing is, he hasn't even looked bad in the pro. Like, it, like he looked bad against Poirier for a little bit at the end. But like, ever since coming back, like, like his last three fights have been the Chiesa fight, the Ferguson fight, and then this one. Like, he's looked good in all of them. Um, He's shown that he has more in the tank than people have been giving him credit for. Right. So I, 
Uh, if he's gonna stay at 170, like you know, make the fun fights. If he goes back down to 155, though, I want the Aldo fight. Yeah. Listen, man. Aldo, it, it, I'm pretty sure, like after this year, he's done. And and then, it's weird because I feel like both of them are in similar spots, where uh, somewhat similar. Like Aldo lost his belt, even though Aldo's still like fighting like contenders, contenders. But really, you can say that for Pettis because it's not like Wonderboy wasn't a top guy. So they're both in that spot where they both lost their belts, but they're still both putting on fun fights and apparently just knocking people out or, you know, stopping them one way or another. We got to get that fight before it's all over. Like, if that's the last fight that Pettis has at 155, let it be the Aldo fight. We got to, we, we all deserve that. Um, but nah, man, great win for Pettis. That was an amazing knockout. Wonder Boy, boy, that's, ugh, yikes. Um. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, like, real, like I, I'm not. I, I can't stress this enough. This is a just a, a straight brilliant performance from Bettis. Like this is maybe, maybe, this was probably maybe, as good as he was ever going to perform against a Wonder Boy. Maybe we do owe him an apology. <laughs> maybe we do. He he really showed out. He he really showed out. Um. So shout outs to Pettis, man. Shout out, shout out to Pettis. If you guys are wondering why we're spending so much time on this fight, it's because the next two, <laughs> three are not good. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of these fights, man, like, like there were things that happened, hmm. but, like, it's not a lot to really... Did things know. happen, though? Did, I mean... Did they? Really? <laughs> All right, let's... Let's 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 move it on down. We'll 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 get through these. I feel like nothing uh, happened. <laughs> Co-main event: Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. This fight went pretty much the way I thought. Other than to be honest, I thought Blades was going to finish him. Um, nah, I was hoping he nah, would. Man, Willis is too round. <laughs> you can't take a round man down and then like ground about him the victory. Like you you gotta knock him out if you want to if you want to beat him. Yeah, th- this fight was. Justin Willis fighting somebody who could do everything he could do times like four. Um, yeah, Blades. Um, Leaned on first. him. Yeah, he just, he big brothered him. Um, he, he rocked, Blades rocked Willis with a right hand, made him do the James Brown spin. Uh, had his Blades eyes was... bulging out of his head after the first <laughs> round. <laughs> like... They just had a shot of him. Right. <laughs> and he was just like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and, like, Blaze repeatedly just slammed him, picked him up, threw him to the ground, just super big brother, little brother treatment. You know, ground and pound. It wasn't, well, that, that right hand was the hardest shot in the whole fight. The ground and pound was just kind of like, you know, I'm just kind of beating up on you. But, um, like, Willis offered nothing, pretty much. Like, the scores were 30-27, 30-26, 30-25. Um, yeah, it's not really a lot to dissect. Like, outside of that hard right hand that Blades landed, it was pretty much Blades taking Willis down, landing ground and pound, weighing on him, and Willis not offering any form of, you know, resistance, pretty much. He just, he got big brother. He, he, he talks some smack. He did. He did. It didn't help. Nah. It might have helped his pride, I guess, but... um. Pride don't uh, get you points on the scorecard. So. Uh, the best, the best part of this fight was rigging blades. What did he scream? 
<laughs> said big titties go home. Or big something. titties go home. Work on your wrestling. <laughs> Into the microphone that was being held by um, Willis's wrestling coach, who is Daniel Cormier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That was um. Yeah, that was pretty much that fight. To be honest, like I said, it's it's not a ton to really dissect. Um, Blades just big brother them. I mean, good good on Blades. You got yourself back in the win column. Um, but that that was pretty much it. Uh, so moving on. Oh boy. All right, to a fight where yeah, nothing. Um, John John Mcdessey and uh, Jesus Pinedo. Did nothing um, for 15 minutes, and McDessie won. Yeah, it, it was one of those kind of low-key sparring matches. I think there was one point, I can't remember if it was the second or third round, where they had, like, one mini flurry, and the crowd, like, finally stopped booing and got excited. Like, oh, my God, these guys are fighting. Right. <laughs> and then after that flurry was over, it was just kind of like, yeah. Back to back to business as usual. We're just gonna kickbox like Macdessie's just gonna like not really be aggressive. Like nobody really just went for it in this fight. Like they both just got comfortable in kind of this sparring pace and you know, like they landed a couple of shots, but like nobody really just tried to put the oomph on the performance. It's just it was just a fight that happened. Um yeah, we we're not gonna really spend time on that. John McDessie won unanimous decision. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Moving on to the flyweight division. Yeah, it's Still over. Still alive. <laughs> Juicy A Formiga uh, went up against Davis and Figueroa. Um, yeah, Juicy A just kind of kind of just beat him. Um, did a good job. Like whenever uh, Figueroa would um, would would commit on one of those right hands, like Formiga just ducked right under and got the takedown. Um, yeah, it was just really good. Like, or, or you know, not the funnest fight in the world, but like Formiga just out showing like he's he's grown as a fighter. Like this is a different dude than the dude who got knocked out by John Dodson. Yeah. Like it, like, it might not be any more entertaining, but he's still really, really so- a solid fighter. Yeah, like, Davison was not able to get off, like, any power shots. Uh, like, it, uh, not, I would say entirely, because he did manage to open Formiga up. Oh, yeah, that elbow. <laughs> yeah, he, he gave him the elbow from the back, I mean, from the bottom, and he cut, yeah, he cut, yeah, he had blood dripping all, all over the place. But you're, otherwise, yeah, you're right, like, it did absolutely, just, who was just there to get beat. Yeah, like, Formiga was quick on the feet, and then, like, he, he's really good at just transitioning the takedowns, it's, just, it's a really just smooth ground game, like, dude's just really just... I, I said this on Twitter. He's like he's he's the Asun Sour flyweight. Like the man will just win all these fights, but he'll probably never <laughs> he's probably never gonna get a title shot. He's just consistently been a top guy literally since he's been in the UFC, but like nobody really talks about it. You him. know if he had won this if he had lost this fight, he would be gone. Yeah, they yeah. He'd have got the pink slip with the quickness. Um 
but no, nah, like really good performance for him. Um, and I, I know this is me being optimistic. Um, if, if Flyweight is to stay around, if he's not going to get a title shot, let, let him let him fight Joey B for the number one contender. Something give the man some kind of big fight. Apparently, that's that. That's the plan, Joey B. Yeah. So hopefully they. Match. Hopefully they stick to that. Hopefully we'll we'll see. Um, because. For me, like I said, the man has literally been in like the top five since he's been in the UFC, and just I think he had one he had one contender fight back in the day against Dotson that he lost, and since then like he's been like really good, but he's just never gotten a title shot, um, or even just like a really, you know, he was always hanging around the top five and in the top five, but never was getting like the super big fights, but. We'll see, man. Really good performance from him, though. Like I said, just completely just kind of outclassed Figueroa other than catching the elbow <laughs> from the ground that opened him up. But, yeah, D- Davidson couldn't get off any of those power shots that he was hoping to. And Formiga just kind of worked him. Um, moving down to the next fight, uh, Luis Pena, who attempted to cut to featherweight, uh, but he came in at 148 pounds, uh, went against Steven Peterson. Um this was a pretty, you know, decent, fun fight. Violent Bob Ross. Uh, got off a lot of good combinations. Uh, I love people who throw in combinations. So he threw like an uppercut, one-two, or one-two, an uppercut. He's throwing some knees. He, he, I think he rocked Peterson in the first round with like a right hand. Um, a lot of this fight became, I feel like, Pena had the clear advantage like on the feet. Peterson was just kind of trying to wear on him. He was, he was getting takedowns, though. He took... Pena down a number of times. Took him down when he was hurt and tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Pena, good job cutting in that extra, well, not even 10, it was like 7 pounds because you missed weight. And apparently he said uh, their plan is he's still going to stick with 45. Stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not a, not a fan. Um, not a fan of that. But, I mean, P- Peterson did a good job of just trying to keep pressure. He was trying to keep himself in the fight. He was going for takedowns. Um, I think at one point he had went for like an armbar. He was, he was trying to, you know, he was trying to really just pull out a gutsy performance. But outside of the takedowns, he wasn't able to really get a ton off, other than a few like sub attempts he had. Uh, and Pena was just able to get the better of him on the feet. Like I said, he rocked him in the first. Um, uh, Pena caught him with a nice, I think it was a head kick in like the third round that kind of stunned him. Um, so yeah, P- Pena just had a much more effective offense and the moments where Pena did get taken down, Peterson wasn't able to, you know, wasn't able to finish the job or really do anything too crazy to, you know, put Pena in any real danger. Um, so I don't know if you had any, any thoughts on, on violent Bob Ross. I'm just, I'm just like my my perception of this fight was colored by the fact he dropped to one forty five, because like, yeah, he he won a rather one sided fight, um, but like none of the problems that he moved down to solve seemed to be solved at all. He still got taken down by like Steven Peterson, who, like, yeah, respectable journeyman, but he's not like. That that's not Alexander Volkanovsky, you know what I mean? Right. And, and like, I we shouldn't be comparing it to like you know the top dudes in this division, but like when you move when you when when your when, when your solution to um the problems you've been facing in the division is to move down, that tells me you don't think you have 
technical problems with your game, you think you have, you think you need advantages to win. That hey, he already has because he's a six three lightweight. But like, he could have got the same fight at one fifty five and kept thirty three, uh, kept thirty percent of his purse. You're right. <laughs> Basically, and, and probably not have endangered himself trying to cut the extra ten pounds. Like, all right, I, I don't understand the move because, like, this isn't the performance where you're like, oh, he beat Steven. Like, this was the win where he's like, oh, he beat Steven Pearson. Like, he's a legit like prospect. It's like, no, you beat Steven Pearson, who you were like five inches taller than and probably weighed more than like 50, you had fifteen pounds on. Right. And he was still taking you down pretty much at will. Took you down, put you against the fence. Got, and here's the thing. Like, he got inside repeatedly. Super easy. No resistance. Like, no, like, the, 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 just no distance management. Like, he would just, like, shell up, and that would be enough because Peterson was tired and is honestly not that big of a puncher. So, like, he, he, he would just, like, wade himself into distance by, like, walking and Pena would just let him do it and was able to get away with it because, you know, he was fighting Peterson. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I'm not trying to, like, wish bad on him, but I, I think he'll find out at Featherweight it's low-key, like, lightweight junior. Like, there are killers everywhere. They're, like, they're killers, and they're going to they're gonna know how to deal with a guy who's your size. Yeah. They're going to attack that body. And not only that, like, some of those guys, when they wrestle you, they're going to be able to inflict some damage. It's it's not going to be a, it ain't, it ain't going to be a fun time. Like, <laughs> those guys, some of them are going to know how to wear on you. They're going to know how to just really grind you out. And, yeah, it's, it's not, like, I don't know. you got to address your whole, like, you spend, you're going to spend your whole camp trying to make weight now. Like when when are you going to work on your actual like holes? And it's not like he has a a ace in the hole like a trump card that he can just throw out that'll win him a fight. Like he doesn't have like crazy KO power, or he's not like a a submission specialist where you really have to like worry about his jujitsu or something. He doesn't really even have like one of those in his back pocket to like get him, you know, out of a jam. So it's. Yeah, this yeah, this move just kind of doesn't really it doesn't really make sense. Um but, you know, a win is a win. Uh good good performance from Violent Bob Ross. He went out there and got it done. So, um we'll we'll, we'll see how his his featherweight uh journey goes, so to speak. Uh moving on down to round out the main card, uh Macy Barber and JJ Aldridge. Um <laughs> Boy, this 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 was a fun one. Um, so Macy Barber, man, obviously coming in, um, a lot of hype. Uh, one of the the newer newer prospects uh, in women's MMA. Um, boy, she got worked in that first round. Um, JJ immediately came out, put the pressure on her, never let her got comfortable. Put that jab um, in her face. Yeah. <laughs> Jabbed her, yeah, repeatedly caught her with the straight that dropped her. Um, Macy has that dare until head movement, which means she doesn't really have head movement. Her her defensive strategy is to like 
I'm going to try to lean back and hope that you're not in good enough distance to return fire. And more often than not, it doesn't work out. Um, she doesn't really like her head never moves side to side. It's just kind of straight forward and back. Um, it's not really prime uh, defense, <laughs> especially since JJ was just kind of landing that straight pretty much at will. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll give Macy credit. She's tough. She can take a shot. Um, I think to some of her flaws, I, I guess she's somewhat able to get away with, as we saw. Obviously, she's tough because she got beat up in that first round, and I thought the second was going to be pretty much the same. Um, but I, I'll give Macy some credit. I think she did make some adjustments in the second round. She stopped. I, I'm not going to say she stopped, but she did a better effort of being the one to kind of move forward. Because the whole first round, she was kind of just, she was moving backwards a lot. Like, JJ was just in her face. She was constantly moving backwards. She never was able to, like, really take control of the fight. And I think in the second round, she was she was kind of more firm and just kind of standing her ground. She would push forward, or even if she wasn't pushing forward the entire time, she, could, she would stand and trade. She started to work the clinch game a little more in the second. She, she started to show a little more of her game. Um... So good job on just not getting boxed in um, because the second round could have easily went the way the first did. But good on her, and I'm going to assume her, her corner who probably gave her advice to make some adjustments, which she definitely made. Um, still, though, defensive holes were still kind of there. Um, I just think she did better in the second because she, like I said, she stood her ground more. She returned fire more. She started to land more partially because she was not moving backwards so much. And she can, you know, she can hit hard. She can crack. Um, so she she caught JJ with a couple of, of good shots. And I think the one that ended it was like a left that really stunned JJ, backed her up. And then Macy just went in for this killer instinct ultra combo, unleashed it, landed a knee. And JJ just, you know, kind of couldn't couldn't take it. So good, good on Macy for a really good comeback win. Because um, like I said, those defensive holes were just, really out to be exploited and she you know still found a way to overcome so good on macy staying undefeated keeping her dreams alive of becoming the next uh becoming the youngest <laughs> champion in ufc history but i'll say if you're gonna fight valentina you better better tighten up that defense buddy yeah Cause, uh, <laughs> cause you did that against valentina boy you would be looking at a ceiling right now um but Good, good on her. Good, good comeback one. Yeah, like that this is the type of thing you hope to see. Like you, you test a young prospect, they get down and they come back and they adjust and they get the win. Um, uh, like she, she's really hittable. She keeps her chin really high in the air. Doesn't really move her head on her punches. Though, though she does, like when she chooses to 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 like move her head to defend punches, she's actually pretty decent at it. She did it a couple times in the first round. Just it never like materialized into like a counter or anything. It was just to get away from strikes. Um, but like she she's a little too bouncy, a little too like floaty on the outside, um, and it just makes her really hittable from range. But like on the inside, she is just a tank. Like any time they clinched up, she would like just throw three or four strikes, and you could tell they were real. Like they they. Aldridge was not okay with it, um, and that uh, the the left she landed at, on the counter, 
um, at the, the that started the end of the fight was really really smooth and really really nice. Um, I, I I don't. It's really hard to gauge like where her ceilings at. It's hard to gauge. It's hard to gauge who's anybody's ceilings at at this division because there's like no meta game to it yet. Right. Because like it's Valentina Shevchenko and then it's everybody else, and you know, um, Jessica I is going to fight for a title. Uh, Joanne Calderwood or Liz Carmouche or Kaylin Chikagian is going to fight for a title after that. Like there's no, there, there, there's no like, there's no like. We know what the roadmap to winning a title at welterweight looks like as compared to like flyweight. Like it's a lot. There's a lot of trial and error that's about to go on in this division for the foreseeable future, before we understand like what what makes a champion at women's one twenty five. Yeah. Um, and and this was her first fight at one twenty five. Um, she debuted at strawweight. Is did she come in overweight? No, they, she no she made it. Okay. But yeah. she was the one who was eating 500 calories a day, uh, trying to make 115. By the way, don't do that. It will literally kill you. <laughs> like, if, if you're a woman and you're, like, 5'5", five five and you're, like, uh, like 130 pounds or whatever, like, I think the minimum you're supposed to be eating is, like, 1,200 to lose weight. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you're, like, a professional athlete who trains, like, six hours a day, it's probably more than that. But if you're, if you have to lose, like, I don't even know how much that would be. It's like, yeah, just, don't, don't be out here starving. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's, that's dumb. Don't do that. Um, I think she has a good size for 125, though. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is a, yeah, she, she seemed pretty. She seemed pretty pretty good in size. I don't think that'll be a problem. So I, I think she should probably just leave 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 one fifteen alone. Yeah. Um. But like, she, and she's a finisher. Like that. That's the that's the big thing because like that's going to separate you from so many of these other women who can't punch or who are like exclusively like grapplers. Like um, Julian. What was her name? Julian Robertson. The the woman on the three fight win streak. I think so. Um. But yeah, no, like uh, a solid, solid come from behind win. Like, I, I hope we see her shore up or begin to shore up some of these holes because I don't think we like because she, she got cracked by Hannah Cyphers a few times in her debut. I mean, it, it was stemming from a lot of the same problems, and you know, five months is a whole lot of time uh, to correct those. But like, she's twenty; she's only been fighting as a pro for like two years. She is five, six years away from being like a prime of her career fighter. Um, she doesn't take too many licks before then, but um, like, like, you know, be patient. I mean, we'll see though, because I was gonna say with this division, yeah, depending on how fast, how many, like, how much she can grow in between fights. If you keep getting finishes, you might just find yourself in a title fight because it's not the division. Like it's still just starting. It's it's still kind of thin. Yeah, and like the, the UFC's like that. We know the UFC's not going to slow their role for anybody. Right. So, you know, if if anything, you know, patch up them defensive the, those defensive holes because that that's going to get you in trouble. That's that's going to get you lit up against the wrong person that you don't want to catch hands and feet from. 
Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't think it's far-fetched that she could find herself in, like, a title shot. No, like, the, maybe, like, a year or two. Like, Dana seems to be, like, a fan of hers, um, from the sound of it. Like, he's all up on her Instagram page talking about how she has, like, a bright future. I mean, I, I can see the, you know... Like, I get it. She, like, I, confidence is great. Like, she was out here, like, I, she's out here, like, I'm gonna be, I'm going to be a bit... She's not, I want to be a bigger star than Connor and Ronda. She's like, I'm going to be. And, you know... That's the type of mentality you want to have. All right. And you can market that. So I, I can see Dana looking at her and, you know, the money sign might flash in his eye. You know, get, get a little, little money twinkle. <laughs> but, no, nah, we'll, we'll see, though. Good good comeback win for Macy. We'll see how she keeps improving. Um, but so so far, undefeated. So I guess so good. Just needs to work on a, a few things. We'll see who they match up with next. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But that was the main card uh, on the ESPN Plus uh, side. Or really, the whole card was on ESPN Plus. <laughs> so, moving on to the prelims. Uh, yeah, a lot of these fights probably won't be a ton to, <laughs> to break down. But uh, the headliner of the ESPN Plus prelims, uh, Bryce Mitchell versus Bobby Moffett. Or Moffett. <laughs> um, For those who don't know, uh, Bryce Doug, Ma- uh, Doug Nasty Mitchell is the dude who tore his like entire scrotum with a power tool, like last fall or something. I wanna say. Yeah, yeah. They were they were sure to mention that during the yeah <laughs> during the broadcast. And then um, posted the, the bloody pics of his underwear on like Instagram and oh, Twitter. Oh also, apparently. I don't know if they mentioned this during the broadcast or it was like an interview he did during the fight week, but I saw someone on Twitter mention it. Apparently, every day, uh, he was on Tough, right? So every day on Tough, he would just ask for a new pair of underwear. So when he left Tough, he left with like 100 pairs of underwear. (laughs) What? Why are you stealing underwear, sir? Because he doesn't have to pay for it. In In Missouri, underwear is expensive. (laughs) <laughs> my man got the he's got like the uh the sam's club or the costco warehouse of just underwear in his closet just just chilling yep i mean but hey, can't man, be mad underwear I, I ain't you know underwear some of them packs can get expensive just try to buy a nice little little nine pack it's like 15 dollars. yeah like i imagine he got like the good compression ones All right so you know Hey man, he's winning. Dude, those 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 some of those can run you like twenty bucks for four. Yeah. So, so good good on him. <laughs> but um, no, nah, this was a this was a cool fight. So I, I didn't really I felt like a lot of people were really hype about this, and I was kind of eh. I guess it's because I wasn't really big on either guy. Like I don't really watch tough, so I, I remembered the the drill incident. But as far as like just on the fighting side of things, I wasn't really feeling any kind of way one way or another i remember but not i that... remember moffett was the dude who subbed uh chas kelly controversially i hardly remember that i think they mentioned it and that that for me was kind of like i'll take our word for it i don't really <laughs> i don't recall said incident but um no nah, this is a cool fight um I, I don't remember this like in super specific kind of detail just more so um it seemed like Bobby was really trying to wear Bryce down. Um, and 
don't know, Bryce was kind of, kind of, kind of a wild man. He was landing some good strikes. Bobby, it seemed like, was just really trying to tire him down, trying to wear on him, take him down. Um, he did take him down a few times. At one point, he tried to sink in. I remember if that was Doris. Somebody tried to sink in. There were actually a lot of just submission attempts in this fight that just never happened. Like, I think Bobby tried the Doris. That didn't happen. At one point, Bryce had Bobby's back, tried to sink in a rear naked choke, but I don't think it was, like, all the way under the chin. He tried to go so for, like, he... some weird crucifix choke. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was some, some wild, um... This was one of those fights that, to me, wasn't, like... It wasn't, like, technically great. Like, you could tell that both guys are still prospects. So, like... Everything didn't look, I think, as clean as it would, like, against... Like, against uh, as opposed to watching, like, a top-level fighter. But it was still, like, a fun back-and-forth, you know... One guy really just trying to impose on the other, and neither one of them is really trying to... You know, I think that made up for what, you know, was a lack of like, I guess, like great technique. Which is two guys is really just trying to go after it. Um, yeah, Bobby Moffat went after it too much and ended up causing him the fight. <laughs> but hey, his man. coaches are in his corner screaming, just keep top control, keep heavy on top. And then he's like trying to go for submissions and then Bryce Mitchell takes his back. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a lot of those green prospect moments in this fight, um, but no, nah, I mean they they were they were throwing down. It was it weren't many dull moments. They were they were consistently going after it. Um, no, it was it, like was, said, it was deserving a fight of the night. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think that's good that like two I guess quote unquote prospects got fight of the night. That's that's a good that's a good Reebok sign. make this two. man his camo shorts, please. <laughs> yeah, Bryce post fight interview. He he put on for Arkansas, and yeah, he yelled. He was very passionate about wanting those camos. Arkansas, shorts, so, uh... Arkansas, Arkansas. <laughs> Bryce Mitchell's gonna be the Arkansas with Jason Knight was the Mississippi. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything, <laughs> but we gonna know. We gonna know. And he said he, he he's not a. They they were trying to sales pitch and get Bryce to come and train out at AKA. He said, "No, I ain't even Arkansas, bro. Like I'm just." That might not be the the wisest decision, but I I respect him for making. I respect it. it. I don't know. You know. I mean, not everybody can be OSP. I'm just saying. <laughs> he trying to he trying to put Arkansas on the map. So you know, but nah, it it was a like I said, I, I don't remember it in like a lot of specific detail, but it was a fun a fun back and forth fight. Um, and Bryce Mitchell from Arkansas, uh, he got it, he got it done. Uh, so he won a unanimous decision, 29-28. Um, hopefully he doesn't go way over Jason Knight. Like, a guy who comes in at featherweight and is, like, fun, and then, Burn like... the fuck <laughs> out. Right. <laughs> and then, like, he just, he just never looks the same again, and then he ends up fighting in bare-knuckle league. I mean, he is from Arkansas. So I, I mean, if those bare knuckle dudes are making money, I don't see why not. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's what's the trip from Arkansas to Wyoming? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But no, nah, that that was a, a fun uh, prelim headliner. So shout out to Bryce Mitchell. He uh he, he got the job done. Uh, moving on down, Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Frankie Signs. Uh, we were supposed to have gotten this fight earlier this month. 
but Marlon had to pull out, but they rescheduled it. Uh, signs came out pretty aggressive. Uh, Vera was throwing a lot of leg kicks. Um, not, not a ton really crazy happened. I mean, the fight only lasted a little over a minute. Um, you know, little just back and forth exchanges here and there. Nothing really like too crazy. And then Vera caught him with a very nice, I think he threw a leg kick before he just caught signs with this jab that just this jab just shut the lights out kind of reminded me of uh the Cerrone and um Barboza where he just kind of puts the jab out there and dude just just crumbles walked um, right into it yeah he walked right into the jab gets dropped uh Marlon lands some ground and pound albeit I think about two of those hits were to the back of the head but it, I mean, <laughs> back of the head, front of the head. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. You know. Same part of the body. It's, it's it's Cheeto. You want me to call out an illegal shot? I'm not calling out. It's Cheeto. I like Cheeto. So he fought so <laughs> yeah. hard, he was able to make his daughter smile. Yeah. Like how 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 am I supposed to call a, a, a like a illegal move on that? Like, come on. Yeah. He's he's a family man. He's out he's out here to work. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He, <laughs> I, I like. He, like dude, dude took all that bonus money. Was able to move his family from Venezuela to, to you know to California. I'm sorry, Ecuador to um, California. So, yeah, man. Props to him. Uh, I, yeah, props to him, man. He's really, really working, really, and been like impressive lately. Um, uh, he's he's become a, a really fun guy at bantamweight to 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 watch night in and night out when he fights. Three fight winning streak. Uh, was it like seven and four in the UFC? Yeah, no, it's fun, awesome. Yeah. He gets a lot of love on the timeline. Like I don't, I, I didn't see anybody on my timeline who was rooting against Cheeto. Like I think, like we were all in collective. Like che- Cheeto got to win. I mean, I could not. Like, yeah. dude seems hella chill. So, shout out to Cheeto, man. Just the jab of death. Just, <laughs> just, just took took poor Frankie out. Uh, so Cheeto got that win. That was a uh, TKO in round one. Uh, the next fight, <laughs> which we jokingly mentioned earlier, <laughs> uh, returning back to women's flyweight Jennifer Maya and Alexis Davis. Um, my recollection of this fight was there was a lot of boxing from Maya's end in the first round. She caught Davis with a lot of good shots. I want to say she stumbled her at one point. Uh, second round, Davis was able to get Maya on the ground where Maya wasn't really offering much, um, like resistance. And then in the third round, I can't really remember what happened in the third round. I think it was a little bit of both. Maya probably had a bit more output. Um, I don't this wasn't like really a a bad fight, but I just don't really remember it in a a ton. It was, like you said, it's a lot of fights on this card. Like, they might have been entertaining and good, but they were just kind of fights that just happened. They will go in the dustbin that is uh, part of our brain. Yeah. They were, they were just kind and, of there. And then like, the next time these fighters fight, we're like, did we watch that? Right. <laughs> and then we'll be like, of the course we did, because we watch everything. Right. They'll, they'll bring up, yeah, Maya's last win against Alexis Davis. Like, she fought Alexis Davis? Mm. <laughs> but, um, I mean, no, nah, shout-outs shout out to Maya, though. She was, um... You know, former Invicta flyweight champ, uh, lost her first match in the UFC against Carmouche, and then bounces back and gets her, you know, gets her hand raised for the first time. So, congrats to her. Solid performance from what I remember. Just yeah, she, don't she boxed the crap. Like, like, on the feet, she actually did box the crap out of uh, Davis. Um, 
She hurt her in the first round. I remember that. Um, and then, like, the, the, the thing with Maya is that she was she's the more technically sound puncher and the more uh, the better athlete. And Davis is not very athletic at all. Um, like, watching her throw some of those punches was kind of painful. Because cause, like, she, like, she looked like she was in pain throwing a lot of the time. Like, really labored throwing. But, like, when she got to the ground, like, she got into the ground the second, I was just like, why, why why is she being so conservative with it? Why isn't she, like, going a little bit harder? Yeah, because Maya wasn't doing... Yeah, like, Maya's defense on the ground was basically to hold on for your life. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It it happens. But congrats to Jennifer Maya, first, uh, first uh, win in the UFC. Uh, moving down to women's straw weight, Angela Hill and uh, Ronda Marcos. Got my feelings hurt. Um, I was mad because I, I missed, in real time, I missed the first three fights of this card because I was playing Sekiro. And I got back to my laptop right when Marcos was getting her hand raised. And I just like, oh, man, what happened? And I went back and watched it. And the answer was uh, jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> but as much as I'm a uh, a Hill fan, um, props to Marcos. That 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 like um, cause she was going, I think, for like a rear naked choke at first, and then like she was going for something else at first, and then like wrapped her. She did like the reach around with the leg to get the arm bar in. It was actually really really. Sweet. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. And then like the the little battle they had for her uh, for a Hill's arm. Yeah. Yeah, Hill was trying. <laughs> she, she was, she was trying. Um, yeah, I, I was worried in this fight because it kept going to the clinch so much, and they were like, they were saying in the commentary that uh, for this camp, Marcos worked a lot on her striking, and Angela did the opposite. She worked a lot on her, uh, you know, wrestling, jiu jitsu, all that good That's stuff. That's all lies. <laughs> Either that, or maybe she did, because I was, I was hoping that she would just try to keep it a striking match and not like only engage in like close quarters, close quarters, and like clinching and grappling, like if you just absolutely need to. Um, but well, I guess it didn't matter. She kind of got pushed to it because Marcos hit her with that blitz, and then just kind of rushed her, and just kind of tossed her down. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Be- beautiful submission from Marcos. Um, I got my feelings hurt. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what y'all want from me. <laughs> it, it, it is what that it is. That was the best um, performance of Randa Marcos' UFC career. There you go. Yeah, that's probably the perfect way to describe that fight. So, I mean, shout out to her. That was a beautiful, that was a beautiful armbar, I can't lie. As much as it hurt my feelings to watch, um, it, it was a beautiful armbar. Um, and then these next two fights, um, in real time, I was playing Sekiro, so I missed these. Um, I, well, I partially got a chance to watch this next fight uh, at Bantamweight, Chris Gutierrez and Ryan McDonald. Um, my gist of this fight, from what I saw, and I only watched a little bit, like right before we literally started recording this podcast, um, Gutierrez was just kind of beating McDonald up. Really just good leg kicks, body kicks jabs just he kind of was just doing whatever he wanted like mcdonald's face was bloody leg was limping he didn't really have much to offer 
Gutierrez just kind of put a, a, a kickboxing, just, just, he just beat him up for three rounds, basically. Yeah. And, uh, um, I don't, I don't know either of these dudes now I think about it. I don't know uh, Ryan McDonald. I don't know Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Gutierrez. Um, let me make sure I don't know who he is. Oh, he's a dude who lost to Marvaliev. Okay. I remember I remember that fight uh, back in WSOF. Um, oh, and he lost to Bra- uh, Barcelos. Uh, Barcelos. Um, well, this is the first time I remember seeing him. I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, he looked good. Like, he, he he attacked the lead leg of uh, Ryan McDonald really well. Uh, completely threw off his uh, McDonald's game. Um, just per, uh, like great distance management and movement. Just he was just far enough far enough out where he was able to parry punches and uh, return counters. Um, like never was in any real danger except a couple times when McDonald like just flurried as hard as he could for like two seconds before um Gutierrez would hit a corner and you know tag him uh just re- really all around solid performance um not a whole lot to say about Ryan McDonald not the best showing for your UFC debut but you know you live and you learn yeah it is what it is um, but yeah, great, great performance from Gutierrez. He won. Uh, he got thirty twenty sevens across the board for a unanimous decision. And the last fight, which I did not get to mention, um, I mean, get to see at all. Um, at flyweight, Jordan Espinosa defeated Eric Shelton uh, via unanimous decision. But I didn't see this fight, so I can't really comment on it. And neither one of us, you didn't, did you see it? Espinosa, Shelton, uh, yeah. I did. I fell asleep during it. Not not because the fight was bad. If I remember, it was all right. Um, I'm running on like three hours of sleep the last two days, guys. So you know. Yeah, we know. I, I am I am gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have we have lives outside of uh, you know, recording podcast. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch that fight either. So. I mean, that's not why I did That's not why I didn't sleep. Uh, I, I didn't sleep because I was stupid. I woke up and I didn't go back to sleep. Yeah. You live and you learn. <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so props to Espinosa. He got a unanimous decision over Eric Shelton, but neither one of us saw it. But we'll, we'll, we'll just throw him a bone and say it was a good performance and great job. So congrats to, to Jordan Espinosa. But that was, um, that was pretty much it. Uh, so... You know, we have Bellator 218, UFC, KSW. If you have uh, these apps, ESPN Plus, or well, Bellator, you can just watch on the website. But, you know, if you want to go back and watch these fights, go check them out. Um, UFC Nashville as a whole, um, not not a great card, but, like, it was cool. Um, it's a good way to kill five hours. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't got nothing else to do. Just you skip know, the co-main I, I, event and the McDessie Pinedo fight. Yeah, I was gonna say if, if there were any like must-see, you want to go back. Maybe you don't want to watch the whole card, but you just want to catch just some of the good highlights. Um, definitely watch Pettis Wonder Boy because that fight was just it just ended in craziness. Probably one of the, the craziest KOs we, we are gonna see this year. Um, definitely watch the Macy Barber, JJ Aldridge. Watch Bryce Mitchell, Bobby Moffitt. Watch Frankie Signs and Cheeto Vera. 
Um, everything else, you know, if you're a fan of a certain person, maybe watch the Formiga, Figueroa, um, anything. Else, don't watch MacDessy and Pinedo. Don't do that. Uh, that that's um, on the that's <laughs> worst fight of the year competition yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, don't yeah don't don't do that to yourself. But anything else, like you know, if you're a fan of a certain fighter, maybe watch see how they did. But like it was a it was a, it was just an okay card. Like it was cool for what it was. Not anything too crazy. Um, you know, not too much of substance. But we got some good moments. You got a good prospect in Macy Barber who continues to stay undefeated, and you just got Anthony Pettis who's just he's still out here um, knocking people out, which is kind of wild. But other than that, like it was just it was a cool weekend of fight. So go back and watch what we mentioned. You know, there, there's some things to take away from it. And uh, next week, man, next week, I'm sad I'll be March here, man. 30th. Oh Lord, <laughs> boy, we got we got some violence coming down next week, man. U- UFC Philly. Fight of the month. Let's Ed- go. Edson Barboza, Justin Gaethje. This might be the first death in UFC history. <laughs> like, I feel so bad for Edson Barboza. Like all these dudes in this division are just pathologically aggressive. You're right. <laughs> to, to the point that they are like, it, it's just insane the amount of pressure that a Khabib Nurmagomedov or a Tony Ferguson or Kevin Lee can exert. And then when he finally gets like some like uh, a few a win or two, like a really impressive win together against somebody who's not like that. They put him in there with the worst of the bunch. Right. <laughs> That's a game. There was a... Someone created a strike differential. Um, Like... Uh, I, I, did I send it to you? Like somebody, Someone remember. created a, a, a strike differential chart for all the top 10 fighters in the UFC. And they were all kind of clustered in the middle. You know, like... Yeah, about even. And Justin Gaethje was all the way out on his island by himself. (laughs) Because the man throws and eats so many punches. So many punches. Yeah, it is. It is inhuman. Like, if you guys just get a chance, for for people who don't really pay attention to organizations outside of UFC, this has been Gaethje's entire career. He's always fought like this. Go back and watch his old... World Series of Fighting Fights. Watch the wars that he had with uh, Luis Palo, uh, Palomino. The dude just, every single fight, he eats a thousand punches, throws a thousand punches. Go watch him beat up Ning Nua and almost get the WSOF kicked off of NBC. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy is, Gaethje is such a good wrestler, and he just, <laughs> nobody ever sees it. Because he just. Because he's not here for that. Yeah, he ain't here for that, man. That man is here for violence only. Um, so I guess real quick, I'm not doing too bad on time. Uh, real quick before we close out with partner shots. Uh, pr- predictions, man. How, I, how's, how's this fight going to go? If you had somebody got a gun in your head, you got you to gotta pick a winner. Uh, oh, me? Um, Gaethje. Yeah. Gaethje. Yeah. I, God, I, th- this is one of those fights one of those rare moments where like I'm I'm a big fan of both guys and I don't want to see either one of them lose kind of especially Barboza just because of like you said just they just match him up with I mean when you're in lightweight it's, it just this just kind of happens anyway just everybody's so good that like <laughs> it's just, every fight is just extremely difficult for no reason oh my god yeah this I think Gaethje's gonna win but like there's 
like my heart is just like kind of pulling for Barbosa. There's every chance Barbosa just cracks him with a flying knee. Yeah. And Gaethje <laughs> eats it and dies in the cage like he wants to. Yeah. Because he, he really does want to die. <laughs> but that wasn't a joke. I'm being for real, for real. Yeah, he literally said, "Yeah, he he would die." And I, he he's the one guy when he says that, I believe him wholeheartedly. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I I just I want Barboza to win, but just Gaethje's pressure and just his offense. If Barboza slows down even a little bit, man, he is in trouble. Um, but that that's gonna be a crazy fight. That is gonna be straight. You have to be in front of the TV when this fight happens. Cause this this is gonna be shenanigans. Um, that's that's a pay per view worthy fight right there. Um, but yeah, also on that card real quick, of course, Bo, Barboza Gaethje, uh, the Goat Dave Brantz against Jack Hermanson. You got Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson, Carolina Kavlokovic versus um, Michelle Waterson. You got Shaman Rice versus Sadiq Youssef. Uh, Ross Pearson, Des Green, Kevin Aguilar is coming back against your boy Enrique Barzola. Yep. That should be a, a really good fight. Kevin Holland's coming back against Gerald Murchard. Uh Ray Borg uh, coming back against Kyla Phillips. And we also have Sabina Mazo making her debut coming over from LFA against Marina Morose. So this is going to be a good card, man. There, there are some really good fights on here. Um, I predict there's gonna be some violence on this card, man. It's it's gonna be some good. It's gonna this card's gonna be a good. Uh, I will throw it out there that um, uh, what's it called? It uh, e e sixty, the uh the the ESPN program did a feature on Michelle Waterson. Hmm. So that's that that's out there in the ESPN sphere. It's probably you can probably watch on their app or whatever. Um, so if you're interested in that, you know, go check it out. Uh, it looked like it was it was good. Like I I've seen some of the ESPN stuff. Like I'm not. Yeah, it, they 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 generally do yeah, a really like good job. High class, high quality, uh, profiling. Um, I don't know. That's another thing about ESPN. Like all these people, like like. Fox was obviously a bigger audience than Spike, but like the people who go to Fox don't go to Fox for like sports. Like they go for football um, on like Sunday afternoons or whatever, or they go for like the news at ten. Or they we go started for, like, the with Simpsons one soccer class and a child's time to play the Simpsons. Today we're in like if you're watching ESPN, you're just looking for sports content, right? So like like the people who. Maybe they're not MMA fans, but they're sports fans, and they just need sports content in their life. Like now, they know who Michelle Waterson is. That's really cool. Nice, and that's why I just overall, well, you know, outside of this ESPN pay per view sh shenanigans, like the ESPN deal was just a great move. Like you're going to this huge sports platform that knows what they're doing, they've been in this game forever, and you get the sense just from the quality of their content, like, if you watch any E60 documentary, they're always just the highest of quality, just, they they actually, like, care about sports, like, this is, this is what yeah, they Yeah, and, like, so, you know, maybe they do a little bit more promotion than they do, like, capital J journalism, but, but they, they, they still do what they do with a quality that you probably not going to get Fox Sports ever. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Oh, and oh, little bit of news. Uh, Aldo was discharged from the hospital, and his fight with Volkanovski at UFC 237 is has the green light again. Let's go. There we go, man. Aldo, that back. That's that fight's gonna be. That's gonna be awesome. Aldo might be the first fighter I might like cry when he retires. I might shed a tug tear. I'm gonna be really hurt when he's not in the sport. Yeah, I, I can't even cry anymore, man. Like, it just it, leave. If you have, if you can leave on your own two feet, please leave. Yeah, I just think he wasn't appreciated. Like, if not, not to go back and be the old man, man. If you guys didn't watch WEC like when it was happening, like <laughs> you missed like a mini golden era over like I, I remember how long the WEC was around, but. That those span of how many ever those few years was was just such a amazing time to be an MMA fan. And like I I just I stumbled into WC on accident, and it was like the greatest <laughs> discovery in MMA I've ever found. Oh yeah, no, it, it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was such a good time. So that Aldo for me, he just he holds a special place. It's like I'm I'm really gonna miss that guy when he's when he's not fighting anymore. Or not doing MMA. I don't know if he's going to do his old boxing. Jose Aldo is like... He is such a... A casualness about MMA. Where like he... like He literally knows nothing of the sport outside of like what happens in Nova Uniao. <laughs> and I love it. It's just like, yeah, no, I, I, this is just my job. My real, my real hobby yeah. is I ride motorcycles around all day. Yeah. And go to <laughs> soccer games. It's just like <laughs> that's my real passion. Yeah, but like he's ridiculously good at fighting. Exactly, I love it. Like, like insanely good at fighting. But nah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that fight got green light because that's that's gonna be an amazing fight. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got for today's uh, episode. So we'll go ahead and close out with our parting shots and shoutouts. Um. I actually have both today. I finally wrote down a shot. Um, but I'll start off on a positive note, man. Uh, shout out to, to John Morant. Uh, if you guys, if you don't watch basketball, don't care about March Madness. Uh, Morant, man, point guard from Murray State. Um, I mean, they did get put out of the tournament. Um, they lost to Florida State. They actually got schlacked. I don't remember what the exact score was. 90 is like 65 or something. Yeah, yeah, they got they got beat. Uh they got beat pretty bad, but um, John Morant, man, that dude is, that's an incredible talent, man. Like, this, players like him are kind of the reason, like, why I watch March Madness, because there's always this one player who comes from a school that, like, you, you're not really familiar with, and he's just, like, a straight-up baller, and Morant is that, he, for me, was that dude in this tournament, um, albeit, like I said, they only made it out of the first round. But dude is just, he's an incredible point guard, man. Just great passing. Um, he makes his team better. Ridiculous he, athlete. Yeah, dude is just, he's somebody that when he, I, I don't know if he's going to the league. I, I don't think, because the last interview I read um, after they lost, he said he hasn't really made um, a decision yet. Um, but keep an eye on him, man, because his, whatever his stock was before in this tournament, after that first game, definitely just went Who way up. Who was top three before the tournament? He might be number two now. Yeah, yeah, he might be number two. I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever going to play well enough to unseat Zion, but... Zion, yeah. He, yeah, he might be the best 
player not named Zion. Like he uh, might, he, he might, might, go he, over he might be better than Zion in the long run. Yeah, he, he, he looks to me like he's the most. He could be NBA. He looks like NBA ready. I'm not saying he's gonna come in the league and take yeah. over, but yeah, like, but uh, point guard's hard. That's that. That's the thing. Like you, you have the ball so much, you give it. You, like especially as a rookie, you end up turning it over like an obscenely high amount of times. Like you look at dudes like Trey Young and um, yeah. who come in the league and like you know, their their first month, they're averaging like five turnovers a game. And you you do see that in some of his game because he did have a lot of um turnovers in even that I can't remember the team they beat. And I watched it. Oh yeah, they, they when they played Marquette, he did have a lot of turnovers. I think partially because like. <laughs> I think his court vision is not like his other teammates aren't on like the same level. So like I feel like he sees stuff that they're not looking for. So he's passing the ball to spots that he thinks they're gonna go, and they're <laughs> like they're not they're not there when he does it. But no, like if he if he gets drafted to a team that just has like some scores around him, this kid's gonna be special, man. He he is really fun to watch. So shout outs to John Morant. Um, He's made this tournament just really fun to watch. Kind of sad that his run ended this early, but that that kid is he's extremely talented. When whenever he decides to go to the league, keep keep an eye on him, man. That that kid's special. Um, <laughs> parting shot. <laughs> I, I put this parting shot to the UFC production team because I didn't know who else to give it to. I don't know who was in charge of this, but uh, so dur- during the Macy Barber fight, when uh they they were doing the whole spiel of you know Barber. Uh, saying how, like, you know, I want to be the youngest champ. Um, and she was setting the clock to the screen, like, I got two years, 16 hours, blah, 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 blah. And then after that whole spiel, they proceed to list off, like, a lot of the youngest champs just from sports in general. And it started off cool, because, like, I had learned something about oh, this. Uh, I didn't know that there was uh, somebody. I remember, I remember the snap. <laughs> I didn't know there was somebody who won, like, the U.S. Open at, like, 16. So that was dope. So, like, Whoever that was was on there. Like LeBron was on there. Of course, John Jones was on there. There was one name in this crowd that did not belong uh, with the rest of these names. <laughs> From the Detroit Pistons, who deserved no with We almost made it. We did. <laughs> Much of that rant it even got. Um. But, uh, so you guys are probably just hear some fancy edit, because I don't know what just happened. My computer just, like, froze. But, uh, my parting shot was to the UFC production team for throwing Darko Milicic in as one of the youngest champions. Darko Milicic was a bust. The man was extra trash. He did not deserve to be mentioned along the names of a John Jones, Tiger Woods, any of those. Don't, don't throw Darko in my face. Um, <laughs> just don't. But that's all I got for my parting shots and shout-outs. Um, shouts to all the wrestlers who competed at the uh, the NCAA championships this past weekend. Special shout-out to... Um... The hell? Sorry, there was an ad. Um, shouts to fellow... BC, Penn State, and Rutgers alum uh, Nick Soriano, who uh, who won Rutgers' first national title in the day of their school, um, along with uh, Anthony Ashnault, who also won one later in the day. Um, first two wrestling titles in Rutgers history, which is crazy. 
because New Jersey turns out some of the best wrestlers in the country on a consistent basis. Shouts to Jordan Burroughs. Shouts to Green. Um, it, it, we just never, for whatever reason, they never want to go to Rutgers, which I understand because, you know, Newark sucks. Um, but, yeah, no, shouts to them. Um, shouts to Penn State who clinched another team title. I think that's like seven of the last eight or six of the last seven or something like that. Um, Sanderson earning his paycheck, bringing world titles, uh, bringing national titles to the school. Um, that's all I got. The low key weekend. Yeah. Shouts to Stokes. He was given the wrestling updates as they were happening. Oh, uh, yeah. Shouts to Stokes because I, I didn't even know about it until he told me, oh, sorry, I was in the semifinals. I was like, wait, that's this weekend? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the end of March. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was giving us the the, the play by play, um. So yeah, that was uh pretty much it for today's episode. Always we appreciate you guys for listening. So give us a look, man. As always, you can give us a listen on Cloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Serial Sensei, and on Twitch, where I game on weekends, and try my best. Um, but appreciate you guys, man, for hanging with us for this episode. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.